If you're law enforcement, stop and listen to me right now. If you're a police department that does not have an LPR system, Insight is offering the first 10 agencies, that means one agency apiece, gets one camera for free. You have to tell them that two cops, one donut sent you. You heard me right. If you're a police agency that does not have an LPR system yet, or does have an LPR system, and you're not happy with the product you have, Insight is offering you a free camera. No strings attached, and they will install it. I have 10 to give out. Tell them two cops, one donut sent you, or reach out to me, and I will get you in contact. If you're a business owner or an HOA, please stop and listen to me right now. If you're just listening to the audio, do yourself a favor and watch the YouTube version of this episode to get a visual of what I'm about to tell you. I want to tell you guys about Insight LPR. It's a license plate reader. If your agency, community, or business is looking to invest in LPR to help solve and deter crime or to make your community safer, Insight LPR has my vote of confidence. I've met with their team. They know their LPRs, guys. Uh, They're the real deal. They bring over 75 years of collective experience to building LPR cameras and the software that supports communities across the country. The other thing I really like about this team is how much they listen to law enforcement. They understand the importance of working together with law enforcement and getting their input as they build and innovate products and their service to match the needs of law enforcement. In other words, when I complain or have suggestions to make their damn camera better, they actually do it. The Insight LPR team is extremely passionate and takes pride in their product development, which makes their cameras some of the most durable cameras in the market. For the gear nerds out there with that means is this stuff's made of military grade aluminum and is nitrogen purged, whatever that means. This design makes the cameras rugged and able to withstand harsh weather elements. Here's the big selling point for me. Their nighttime scan accuracy is higher than most of the leading competitors. In my opinion, this is what sets them apart. As we know, the majority of crimes occur at night, so it's critical to have high scan accuracy at night. Insights cameras check the box with the nighttime plate read accuracy greater than 96%. 96% guys, that's pretty freaking high. If your community is looking to invest in LPR technology, reach out to one of their experts today or reach out to me. Tell them Two Cops, One Donut sent you. Coming up next on Two Cops, One Donut. Need the change in 20, what was it? July 7th of 2016. Was that mm-hmm. when the shooting happened in Texas? I believe that was it. When the five police officers were killed in the line of duty. Happened a mile from my house. I was living in downtown Dallas. At really? The time. Yeah, I was actually, I had to make it home and there was like road closures. And I was like, we heard what was going on. <clears throat> and I had already made the political switch to, um, did you, your cough's fine. Leave it on there. No, no, no. Uh, I, that's, that's a good, like, it's a good oh, marker. No, no. I, I, I want to do a clip on that. Oh, I thought you were like, I got to get rid of my cough. Yeah, I was no, like, no. Oh, I don't pay attention to that. I but don't yeah. Give a shit about that. <laughs> so no, I, um, uh, I was making my way home and I, I had already been a, I would say my, my switch politically happened with my own small business in like 2011. Uh, also look, I mean, I was a two time Obama voter. And then all of a sudden I was like, something's just not right. All right, welcome back to Cops One Donut. I am your host, Eric Levine, and my special guest today is the one, the only, Anthony Russo. I wanted to call you Andrew Russo. It's, you have no idea how many times people have known me for years call me Andy. I'm like, hi, Anthony, I'm right here. Yeah, we, yeah. We've known each other for like 20 years. But yeah, yeah right. I don't know why. 
Andrew just seems like, is there an Andrew, is there a famous Andrew Russo? No, there's uh my, my girlfriend's ex-boyfriend is Andrew. And oh, then <laughs> that you must have, you must have known. Oh shit. And then, uh, I'm just kidding. And then, well, it's true. And then Anthony Russo is the, the Marvel creators, oh, Anthony and Joe Russo. So okay. I'll never be properly searchable on Google. That's true. Oh <laughs> shit. You need to, well, that's probably why your podcast isn't named after you. Right. I do that, that on the bottom. Smart. And I do like for my speaking, I'll say Anthony Michael Russo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Smart. Um, all right. So sir, uh, first off, uh, welcome. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, let's kick this off. Right. I know you're a drinking man. Um, cause the last thing I saw you on, you guys were drinking, you were doing a shot of some sort. We do the don't get the shot shot seat on uh, on my <laughs> and my on my podcast. And yeah. what's the name of your podcast, sir? It's called Blunt Force Discussion. Started out as Blunt Force Logic. I would do like a rant on my be the chain. That's a that is a hell of a pour. Oh, bro, I don't one. play. Like anybody that watches this show <laughs> knows that I go. I always I, I try to make the Death Star. Is basically what I do. Just enough. Oh, I just noticed what that was. Mm-hmm. You're a Star Wars freak. No, now, believe it or not, my fridge makes that naturally. I oh, really? I didn't do that intentionally. Really? Yeah. That's just how this, that's on my fridge. It did knows you pay me. extra for it? I did not. Is the brand name The Force? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, it's the Death Star model. This is going to be interesting, by the way. So I've been, I, I had my own podcast earlier today. today. And then I've been running around this morning trying to get stuff done. So I haven't eaten yet. So this is going to be, Salud. this Hell is yeah. going to go straight down. I That's love what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's nice and warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What is it? It's blue note, but it is their unfiltered. unfiltered. So do they just hook you guys up or hook you up with a, like I just gave you multiple personalities. You identify as they, is they, I'm wearing a gray shirt and I'm in a black chair. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kamala. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I've been a, a buddy of mine turned it, me on to Blue Note. Says he's 60%. Um, it does, sorry. So 120 proof. Yeah, 121.2 mm. if you want to be. We're allowed to swear, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck around. Uh, yeah, that is a high. I don't, I don't play, sir. Um, mm. I, I am a bourbon man. I'm actually, so I've had a couple <laughs> local bourbons. I'm a, see, I, I tell people a good bourbon makes you cough on the first one. So does weed. <laughs> I'm not allowed to partake in that. No, so. you're not. Um, so Patriot owned businesses. It's, it's an online group that got real big. Um, all started with Tim Labatsky. Um, he got denied going into some stores that he normally goes in, refused to wear a mask type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet the employees were not wearing masks cause he looked from outside and they're bullshit and laughing and like pissed them off because yeah. You know, it okay, if that's the rules, that's the rules in your establishment, yeah. but... Stick with them. Stick with them, yeah. Are, are you from the north? I am from Michigan. Okay, from... I went to college in Wisconsin. Le, you Le, can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it in you. And Lebatsky sounds like... You know, we went over to Lebatsky's house and we had a few brewskis, you know? He's such a kidder, that Lebatsky. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and... um Oh, no wonder you have bottled water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually think it gets me more viewers. They're sympathetic. They're no, like, oh, this poor guy. He's just trying to make it. <laughs> he was the minority in Flint. Yeah, too. he'll be dead and like by the time he's 50. But yeah. Um, where was it going? Oh, yeah. Tim's, yeah. Tim's POV oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. So he, he goes home and he gets on social media. Not a social media guy per se, but he just starts gathering small businesses that 
don't want to be dictated by the government what right. to do and um, called it Patriot owned businesses and just, He's at like twenty thousand members now. Doesn't get any simpler than that. Yeah, pretty simple. Oh, that's Um, fine. Yeah, Prather on the back. Oh yeah, Uh, Prather's a big supporter of them. Um, And so, of course, me being a veteran, and this is you know I LLC this, and I was like, hey man, I'll be a part of it. That'd be a good time. Yeah. So created that, and um, through that, I started learning some bourbon makers. uh, One called America. America. Yeah. It's like a twenty dollar bottle of bourbon, and it's like a. It's not what I would call the upper class version, yeah. but it's a good solid bourbon. Yeah, you know, like TX. TX is a good solid. TX bourbon. is real good. Yeah. So, um, I had the, have you tried the the Randy Rogers one? The new the Bond Breaker. That's that's no. the one that I was trying to get to sponsor. My uh, we'll have to. So Bond they breaker. they gave me the bottle and they're like, we're gonna talk about it, and then they're like, oh, we're a little new brand, but I'm gonna tell you, this I'm, is my TX. No, no, it's but it's a separate. It's but it's a Texas based. Okay, I see yeah. what you're saying. No, Texas only TX only has TX. But yeah. honestly, like, I typically like mixing my whiskey. I mean, the fact that we're sipping it is good. But if I'm out, I'm gonna you know whatever. This bo- the the bond breaker is actually really really good. It's very it's it's a little fruitier than this. Like uh-huh. this is you know 120 proof. So it's yeah yeah it's it's blunt. This is blunt force. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's not bad. Yeah. It's it's a, you're able to drink it on its own without it you know burning. Oh so man, good. I I. I don't, I call them bitch blankets. I don't bitch blanket my bourbon. So it's got a good smell to it too. Yeah. That's, mm. that's, I put, I put my finger in there before you got here. Just sweeten the pot. Yeah. 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 So you don't even want to know what I put my finger in. <laughs> so, you know, and, and you know, Jarrah too, right? Jarrah. Yeah. I had yeah. Jarrah on the show. She's a whiskier herself. Oh yeah. Whiskey yeah. and cigars. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, she was, she was cool. Jarrah is a, don't fuck with Jarrah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Nope. nope. Um, she's military. She's a gun-toting Texan yeah. uh, through and through, even though she's a Packers fan. But, yeah, she's she's a badass. Yeah. We, Prather knows her. We were talking, you know, about, I can't remember why she even got brought up. I think we were talking about Second Amendment and females and stuff like that. And I was like, I know a badass. And he's like, yeah. oh, you know. And I was like, yeah. And then we talked about your show. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Jarrah's the one that put you and I in contact. Yes. Or at least you commented and yeah. Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Damn. I was like, oh shit. I was like, well, she's been on my show. I was like, so if she went on your show, then naturally then we both have to collaborate yeah. and get together. So And she's funny too. So Oh yeah. Yeah. I I had to do mine from the military base. I was on my orders at the time. Um and so I'm in a hotel room and I brought all my stuff with me because I didn't want to miss any pots. Right. So, um and I, it's a lot of downtime. When I do my military time um, I do it all at once, one flail stint. So it's like yeah, yeah. 24 days straight. So I'm at the base for about a month and my wife and kids all stay here. They come visit on the weekends, but yeah. you get done with work at four in the afternoon or three in the afternoon, whatever it is. And you're just sitting there. I'm like, yeah. okay, I can only work out for so long. Yeah. What am I going to do? So I was like, I'm going to pot it up. I was still it up. trying to learn, man. But, uh, yeah, I don't have your skill set. What um, skill set do I have? You know the system. I don't know this. Oh stuff. no, I'm I'm well, I'm learning. I'm see. That's why I'm a motivational speaker. Is I make it seem, <laughs> seem like, like I you know, know what I'm doing. I just I've done enough research to know what direction to head. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying. Like this whole. I just. I care. I want to do that, but until I can at least get my product where I want it, because I don't even have my product where I want it at yet. Yeah. And then it's like, well, don't forget, you got to learn the hashtags and the algorithms, and I'm like. I don't have time. You know what I forgot to tell you earlier? Um, it also look up something called vidIQ. I have that. Okay. Just got it. And I just got it. Like, and it's, it it's helps. the free version. I don't even have the um, 
I don't even have the worst case. I have the nine ninety nine a month version or something, mm. just the cheap one. But yeah, it's it's. I think I feel like it helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They make you think it's helping. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm one of those ones. Like, I am jealous of people that are really good salesmen because yeah. that's not me. Like, I'm a I'm a, a relationship salesman. Like, if it happens, it happens. But then I watch yeah. these closers. To me, because I am an eat like if something that smells good, I yeah. think I'll, I'll buy that. Like, oh, whatever the cut of your jib is just right. I'm gonna go ahead and just. I want to support you. Yeah, I wish more people were like that. Too. Yeah, I <laughs> fuck. I, and that's one of the things. I don't want to put this particular company on blast, okay? Mm-hmm. Because overall, I think they're helping. But mm-hmm. I tried to get them involved to to be on the show, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll promote the hell out of you guys. They don't need it. They're way yeah. bigger than me, but I, they're cops. Mm-hmm. Or they were, you know, so I'm I try to reach out to them, get them on. Like, if I can't get you on, who can, you know, I'm right. brothers in blue, we do the job, all this stuff. Um, basically was told that no, because it it's not their thing. Like mm. they, they need to be in control of doing it rather than me. I'm like, I just had an officer on yesterday, uh, a sergeant in a homicide unit that he does his own, um, mentoring for young men it's a uh, next metropolitan is what it's called i'm pointing at that shirt because sure, yeah, yeah. the shirt he brought me uh next metropolitan basically what he does um he's still a working cop but he on his own time in this nonprofit, he mentors um future young men into young men basically like 14 all the way up to 21 years old nice um that are in what would be considered high risk areas and stuff like that. So it's a really cool program. Flint. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one's more local. I get it. But yeah. um <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I made it. I got out of there. Flint is like the matrix, y'all. You don't know you're in it until you get the fuck out of it. <laughs> like, wow, that's a it's not like that everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's not constant construction and gunfire. So <laughs> didn't realize that. Um although there is constant construction on 35. So Yeah, Texas. Yeah, but um yeah, so, you know, I, I, he's not taken away from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not taken away from him. I've had the knock and talk. I'm, I'll mention their podcast while I'm on here. The knock and talk. Um, I've had the muster room podcast. Those are New York guys, New York cops that have um, their podcast. It's all police-based. Yeah. Um, uh, because the thing is, is even if they had the same exact setup and idea that I have, they don't. But it, similar, there's similarities, but they don't. Even if it was the exact same different perspectives and different content. It's going to always be that. It's always different. Every day is different content. And so if I got people that are kind of like, yeah, and I really like his layout of his show, but I don't care for his face or his voice, whatever it is. And they don't like me, but they like the muster room podcast. Yeah. My job's I'm trying to help. I'm trying to bridge a gap here. So go to his podcast. I don't care. Yeah. That's fine. As long as you're learning and and we're communicating because that's how it is sometimes. Yeah. They're the mustard and you're just trying to catch up. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. It's mustard, not mustard. Oh, my bad. Mustard, (laughs) like mustard. (laughs) Old military term. (laughs) It's my Northern accent. Yeah, there it is. Coming right through. Yeah. Yeah. I think the podcast world is really interesting and I kind of look at it like sports or not sports, like uh, music. So you've got country music and you've got hip hop, of course. Right, country music—they support each other. Like they build each other up. Hip hop is a pay-to-play game, and that's why there's so much drug money in it. And I've worked in both industries just enough where I'm like, oh, this is so much better to work in country podcasts. I've noticed, and and 
taking yeah. a, taking away your one in you know, your instance you have podcasters for the most part have one excuse of why they can't do something and it's lot and it's legit it's they're busy like sometimes you get super yeah. busy but there's some whenever the line is dropped that yeah it just it's gonna in, in have a conflict with our own information or our yeah. own show it's like piss yeah. off i mean look at Ch- chad prather's perfect example like he supports anybody that's decent to him he's mm-hmm. a great dude and he has a platform that is Head and shoulders, yeah, above above most people's. So yeah, it's it, it, I, I relate most podcasters to to kind of the country music area, where yeah. everybody does want to build each other up because it's all content. Our, yeah. We're content creators, so why not go on somebody else's show? Then I don't have to edit it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. If you a man, and and I'm sorry if it, this is boring some of my audience, but you know what? It's my podcast, and I say what I want. So, um, and I don't get other podcasters on here a whole lot, so I don't want to talk about podcasting yeah, for a second. Um, we could talk about real shit too. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. There's plenty of time. What are you in a hurry for? If you're like me with podcasting, I listen to one episode of like Rogan for two weeks. Yeah, uh, I do. I chomp it. Yeah, I chomp yeah, away at it. Yeah, I just pick at it like the Zuckerberg one. Oh God, it's probably taking me. You know, six seven days to get through that robot, but I wanted to hear what he had to say. God, it took it took a while to uh, to get to anything interesting in that because that first little bit with all yeah. the AI stuff, and I'm a nerd a little bit, but that was like next level. See, I was into it. <laughs> I like that shit. Like, oh man, this is a lot. This is heavy. But I, I, you know, talk about Zuckerberg. I feel like Zuckerberg is. Um, I don't, it, and maybe it's like the devil is able to get their grasp on you. I feel like he's almost coming around because I think he's almost seeing how the bullshit that he's been fed. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like about a year ago, there's a couple things where he was like, I'm doing what they're telling me to do. And they're still not happy. Like YouTube, Google, they can fuck off. Yeah. Facebook is the only one that even if, even though the, and I'm screwed by Facebook, like I have no reach. They tell me I have no reach. They've told me what I've done wrong. And I think it's bullshit, but at least it's still up. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm more, I'm more on the Facebook side and Instagram side than I am on, even though they've demonetized everything, but you know what I mean? I feel like at least they won't ban you Yeah. from the world. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I kind of feel for him after listening to the episode. I'm like, all right, he seems like he's being genuine. I don't see him, um, socially, uh, able to fool me as far as like faking it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think he's just like, he's telling you what he's, I think he's being truthful. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, I read people for a living. So that's just um, him telling them like, Oh, it's the algorithms. Like they, sometimes they just do shit on their own. And he's like, I'm like, okay, I, I get that. I don't yeah. think you're sitting there going, sitting back and like, yeah, like fuck two cops, one donut. <laughs> you know, like I don't think he's sitting back doing that. Um, I do think he grew too big, too fast, mm-hmm. and he can't keep up with when the algorithm rigs, algorithms uh, fuck up. Yeah, algorithm. Yeah, algorithms fuck up. Yeah, uh, when he's messing up on those, and you get then it's the people that are looking at your appeals. Yeah. Those are the ones that I really don't trust. Yeah, they're the assholes. Yeah, how how you're not vetting these people? You're trying to catch up, man. You're so far behind. Yeah, because I got banned um, for like thirty days because. Somebody asked me, we were talking about Uvalde, mm-hmm. and they're like, as a cop, what would you do? What can we do for this? And because, um, because, uh, what or what is a 762 capable of? Somebody's wanting to know what that round was capable According of. According to who? You were uh, President Biden. Right. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, 
I was like, well, uh, the way that a 762 is going to work is it's going to rip through those doors. It doesn't matter if they have steel on them or not. They're just going to cut through them. And that's basically what I did is I explained the capability of what that round will do. They got me banned. I was like, all right, well, let me appeal it because I, I don't say controversial things. I don't. Yeah, you know. It's just not my style. I don't do that. Um, so I get on there and I, I appeal it. And I'm like, ah, I see. I, you know, I think I hit some keywords in the algorithm. I said, you know, a seven six two round and cuts Rips. through. Yeah. And and I, I I get it. I was like, but just check the context out. I was like, that that wasn't doing anything. And finally, you know, after like almost the time that I was banned anyway, goes through and they're like, nope, we don't agree with your appeal. That, you said, was that Facebook or was that? That was uh, Facebook. Yeah. That was Facebook. Yeah. Right? yeah. 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 And it was, it wasn't like my page got taken down. I just couldn't comment on my, right. on my own page. See, I can't. So my, my, my truth will say free page has 34 ish thousand followers. And right now I'm because of what they've said, starting all the way back in, let's see, uh, uh, November and December, it was like one baby strike and a baby strike. And and they yeah. were strikes for sharing quotes from the FDA. <laughs> and and then one other one was uh, me saying Omicron wasn't that bad. So calm down. And that was it. And ever since then, I've been fighting. So yeah, I have, I have my beef probably, I mean, from a financial standpoint, more with Facebook, because I was mm-hmm. up to like, I was up to like 15 or $1,600 a month on uh, ad revenue, which is great for just, you know, going live once in a while. Holy like that's shit. a dream at this point. I get zero. I'm negative, <laughs> yeah. but I was doing good. I was building my own audience and then things were going well. I'd go live and I knew that if I went live in the middle of the day and I had a halfway decent video, I'd make a hundred bucks off of it. That's cool. Yeah. It's really awesome. Damn. And then, and then it just, I, because of those two things, I'm like, yeah. you gotta be kidding me. See, I have no idea how to do that. How to even get ad revenue. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, Facebook, <laughs> I, I don't even know what the threshold. Again, I told you I got lucky because of cash, and that's how yeah. we got the growth. And then I did one video. I'll never, I, I, cash got me up to about 20000 He went away to January 6th jail. We could talk about that if you want. But he um, he went away, and I everything was constant, constant, constant. And then I did this one video. I don't even remember what it was about. I was in my car. It's like, oh, wow, there's like 70 people watching me. Crazy. Next day, there was over 100,000 views on it. I was like, what the hell happened? Holy and then from that shit. point, our just view, our, we, we went up 10,000 at that point, just on my own stuff. Every time I'm creating a video, I'm like, people are getting views. People are getting shares. I'm like, doing good on the algorithm. And for some odd reason, Facebook was pushing it. I was spending about 50 bucks a week on, on like boosting here and there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I pay to play a little bit, and they're making it back. And then... Oh, you did good. You because now, now I've like dedicated more of my life because I'm like this is going someplace, and then they drop the oh, drop the axe on you. Damn. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, let's get into let's the, the 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 structure of the show here. Yeah. So first off, let people know who you are, where you're from, how you grew up. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's get that background. Yeah. So um, Anthony or. Andrew, depending on what you want to call me. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're you are so far from the only one, trust me. Uh Anthony Russo. Uh, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. My dad was a uh had multiple sclerosis and was also a compulsive gambler, which led into my my speaking later in life. So I grew up in Vegas. Uh well, I was born in Vegas, lived there till I was seven. My mom, I was, was kind of a sick kid. I had um hypoglycemia, had a grand mal seizure, almost died at 18 months, then moved to St. Louis because my mom, the person that 
kind of saved me or made me get better where I didn't have to be on all the pharmaceuticals was a chiropractor. So my mom went to chiropractic school in St. Louis, grew up in St. Louis, uh, got into art and design. That was what I, I mean, I played all the sports. I was the only kid in my high school to letter in two major sports, football and baseball, and also be in the advanced placement art program. Actually, I think there was one other, Daniel Pernikoff. Went to college on an art scholarship, funny enough, and uh, went to school in Milwaukee, hence the Wisconsin. And Mm. then... Found, ended up getting into promotions and being a professional speaker and like an MC and all that stuff. That's an interesting story how I got into it. Uh, real quick, I I was let's see, I graduated from college. I was a little chubby. Okay, I put on a little, you know, put on a little bit a of little weight. Freshman fifteen. Yeah. Well, yeah. fresh. I'm senior thirty probably at that uh, point. Yeah. Okay. So then I I I was a little heavier and I ma- no, you're good. I managed to. Um, are you yelling at the kids? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I managed to, what did I do? Uh, let's see. I was third. Oh, yeah. So I graduated from college. A um, little heavy. There was a girl that I knew from college when I was a bouncer. And she's like, you know, you're still cute, but you put on some weight. Oh. Yeah. I was like, hmm. So I, I always believed, like, even my senior thesis was on chain of events. And I made the decision. I was like, some people there can go fuck off. And I decided to, I was like, all right, I'm going to start running. So I ended up running, I've run a bunch of marathons. I still always go up and down with my weight, but ran a bunch of marathons, which therefore got me into doing promotions, therefore got me working for Budweiser as a, like, Bud Boy right out of, like, a couple years out of college, which is awesome. I've seen Coors girls. Like, were you dressed the same way? I was just the short jean shorts, and the rest was <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a visual. Oh, it is. I'm a hairy individual, oh. too. So, anyways, so I, I, I went through that, and then I, I um, one day I ended up taking a gig that my buddy couldn't do, and I made friends. I was also an investor in a sex toy company at the time, <laughs> and I was working for Budweiser, and I ended up doing this thing for the, called the Spirit of Champions Tour for the NCAA, and I meet these group of guys that ended up being you know people I worked with for years, and I was able to give their girlfriends vibrators and them get free beer at the bars so they're like do you want to go on the road with us bro and that's how it started and then i just became like, what we would do is a setup and breakdown at all the ncaa championships for coca-cola and then i became our lead mc and and all that stuff no so, shit yeah and then i that's how i kept working for the ncaa for years dang yeah so are you like um are you like uh god what's his name i knew i'd draw a blank as i was trying to think of him um from the cubs back in the day uh Harry Carey. Harry Carey. Is that hey, yeah. Cubs, hey right what's here. going on, guys? No, I'm the one that Harry Carey would kick it down to on the field. That's like the chachi guy. Like, I'm oh. here with uh, Steve. Okay. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> You're out there with the racers that try to race against the oh, mascots yeah, done, oh, and shit. I've, I've done that many. I've been the MC for that many of times. That's, different stages. That's one right? of my favorite things because mm-hmm. I watch. Like, I'm a runner, too, so I see... You know the whatever the guy's name is that dresses in the in Atlanta, yes, the yeah, unisuit or whatever, and he gives them a huge lead, and then he just fucking I just, smokes yeah. him. And uh, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's letting you. If you don't run, yeah, uh, and, and most of these people that pick, they obviously don't run. Uh, you know, you just conserve the energy until that final stretch, and then he just kicks it in. What people need to do there's a there's a cheat code to that. They need to, because he. I think he's gotten really good at gauging people's speed and knowing where to start. Right. I think people need to. They need to sandbag. Yeah. They need absolutely. to like, but they can't fake it. They need to make it look like they're just not that fast, uh, and then, and yeah, then, because yeah. then they'll he'll give too much of a too much of a window. <laughs> Feels like you're running at an incredible pace, Perry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> exactly. 
We're only 100 miles in. You're already annoying me. Sorry. Yeah, I can quote movies all day. Oh, yeah, you and me both. So, my, it's, my girlfriend has never watched television, apparently, so mm. it's it's awkward. Well, she's, don't let her watch Yellowstone. She may not like the way she's being um, appealed on there. Oh, no, she she even, I mean, she knows the song Barrel Racer Land, so <laughs> she doesn't like Yellowstone because, well, actually, she just doesn't think it's overly realistic. That's oh, no problem. That's okay. I know. She doesn't life, have to. Life isn't realistic. I don't watch TV necessarily because of the ultra-realistic. Right. Yeah. I want to do that. I'll watch the the news. Never mind. That yeah. doesn't count. I either. just do my job, and yeah. I get to see the real, yeah, <laughs> true crime. That seems to be the big thing. People. Oh my god, this is another thing that irritates me with the podcast. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should cut your time down to this. You should do that. I'm like, motherfucker, you do a podcast. Yeah, I know do. what I want you to do. do. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to do. I do true crime at work. <laughs> I'm trying to fix the true oh, crime yeah, people problems. People are telling you like those those crime podcasts are huge. You should you, yeah. you should try that. How about yeah. you let me do my thing? Yeah. No. There's a ton of true crime podcasts. I promise you, you can get all you want. <laughs> yeah, Serial. That's a great one. Go yeah. watch, listen to Serial. That's I, a good one. I love Serial. It's very good. Yeah. I like the idea of a long format podcast. I like the three hour. Like when you said like plan for three hours, I was like, huh, no, when do you want? Because honestly, nobody actually does it besides like Joe Rogan. And yeah. If I wasn't paying a fortune for my studio, I would love to do, I'd rather yeah. do longer ones. But the key yeah. to growth is again, like we talked about retention. So you got to. Yeah. yeah. I do. So just. Chop it up. up. Yeah. No, keep it the damn three hours. Like look at look what Rogan does. Yeah. He does the he does the three hours, but his viral clips are not a minute like most people. They're twenty, they're still twenty minutes because he's so engaging. If yeah. the content's good, people will watch 10, 15, 20 minutes. Stuff, Absolutely. And then your followers will do the they'll chop away at the whole three Absolutely. hours. Absolutely. I'm getting better. I'm learning. Um and then when I get on your podcast, and so then I can come see how you do things. And yeah, we'll have fun doing that. Absolutely. As well. Yeah, that one's yeah. like the guy's like right there. It's good. Oh, yeah. you have a guy? Yeah, it's part. That's part of the fee. That's why it's you know. Yeah. No, so you he's got like a Jamie. Hey, Jamie, pull this up. Yeah. So well, yes. If I I got to prep it real easy, but he's on the cameras like doing it as we go. Mm. Like he knows when everybody. He's good, Joe. So he doesn't have to do what I do, where we do this. Then as soon as you leave, I scramble, pull all the footage, right? And upload, and then I'm like. Yeah, looking like what angle, like he's talking when you're both yeah. talking. Yeah, I got an easy method though. What's that? So the audio clip, right? Yeah. When your mic's kicked in, I see your audio feed. When my mic's kicked in, I see my audio yeah. feed. So I scrub, just cut the angles. Smart. So like right before. Hey folks, Eric Levine from Two Cops One Donut. Want something better than Ring Arlo? Ring, or any of the other quick launch home security systems. I've been having trouble with my Ring products. They don't read license plates on moving vehicles. The link doesn't connect fast enough to my phone. And I'm tired of getting notifications only to see like a glimpse of something that set it off. I was reached by a veteran owned business called Agent Security. The owner, staff, all veterans or former cops, they're Kind of like the Chick-fil-A of customer service when it comes to security. They have a system that does everything companies like Ring do and more. They have pivoting cameras that track day or night. They can also read license plates and catch high-definition details that will lead police more effectively to catching the offender. Their mission is providing the best home security systems to their customers. All you have to do is start the conversation to protect our most valuable assets, our families. They listen to your needs and come up with perfect customized security solutions to protect what matters to you most. You can contact them by phone at 713-962-3558 or email info at agent 
agentsecurity.com or visit their website, agentsecurity.com. That's A-G-E-I-N-T-S-E-C-U-R-I-T-Y.com. They serve the greater Houston area, North Texas, and more. Be sure to tell them that Eric Levine from Two Cops, One Donut sent you. I'm about to talk as you're finishing a sentence or yeah. whatever. I, I do wide angle and then I let it go for a little bit and then I cut it over to me when I'm talking. Yeah, so it's that's uh, gonna be an interesting clip for you to cut right there because it's gonna be like right before you finish, and then it sounds <laughs> see right before you're finishing. I'm scrubbing. Okay, it's, it's awkward. <laughs> I'm just gonna make sure there's no video on that. It's mm. only audio, mm-hmm. so you got to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, smart. <laughs> but all right, sir. So you grow you. you you started in Vegas, and I'm very happy about that. My dad is actually visiting my aunt right now in Vegas. Yeah, uh, I have family out there, and my favorite absolute whiskey. Smoke wagon is from Vegas. It's really? that bottle that's uh, closest to you. Uh, this is the the cool bottle. Tell me that doesn't look like old timey. It does. Yeah, that looks like you're about to lose money at a blackjack table. Yeah, that looks like um, Clint Eastwood may come around the corner and I like tell they, you to make his day. Is that how the professional the way they write the fifty seven point five eight percent? Do they do that on all? Oh, they no. do. No, they do. Oh, do they? Look at that. Yeah. Oh no, that's cool. So that's because it's unfiltered. They're actually writing. They're they're testing it before they sell it. Hell yeah. So that barrel was fifty seven point five eight percent, and that barrel was fifty seven point oh four percent. That's badass. Yeah, that's buddy. actually pretty cool. I've never seen a whiskey do that. Yeah, I love them. It's my fave. Nice. Now, might, I might have to do a sip of that before we're done. If now, if I could get sponsored by Smoke Wagon, I would probably not have a podcast anymore. Why is that? <laughs> it's my favorite. Well, how are they? Oh, because you'd be too drunk. <laughs> be drunk oh, okay. yeah. I was going to say, if you're finally paying for it, that's when you really, you know, you kick the tires, light the fires, you know, turn it <laughs> Right. But anyway, so you grew up in Vegas, um, yeah. switch over to St. Louis. How yeah. was that? Um. I didn't love. Uh, I don't go back there much. I'm a huge Cardinal fan, and that's about where where my love with St. Louis ends. Okay. Um, I did not like high school. I went to I went to a high school called Parkway Central. Um, it was, and if you if anybody that listens is from St. Louis, they know. Everybody says they're high school. That's how you. Oh, you're from St. Louis. What high school did you go to? <laughs> um, it was a very competitive school. It had desegregation, but it was very competitive um, in terms of. Like there was 24 national merit scholars. So I had a 3.7 GPA and I was not even in the top third of my school, of my my graduating class. So very competitive and also very clicky. Um, I'm half Jewish, half Italian. The school had a a very high Jewish population. Um, Everybody had money. I did not. I was on free lunch until I was in eighth grade. And then even after that, it was just whatever. Uh, I had the worst car in the parking lot, and it was a 1983 powder blue Grand Marquis, and everybody else, like, the other second worst was, like, a Dodge Intrepid. So it was just, it was clicky, and I didn't love it. And then I played sports there, didn't love my high school baseball coach, ended up playing with a nearby high school uh, for summer ball. And I, I mean, I, St. Louis is just a second-rate town, in my opinion, and it's it's just kind of garbage politically, too. I gotcha. Yeah. How was um? So I'm trying to angle this towards the policing as well. How yeah. how was it with the police uh, where you were at? Interesting. So my mom actually was friends with some of the I can't remember their names, but higher up police officers in St. Louis. So she had a great relationship with them. Um, and it's interesting. I was raised. Uh, we were both a very Democrat family, uh, especially at the time. And it's interesting to think the difference in relationship between police officers then, unlike the Democrat side to now. I mean. 
taking away Biden's speech, obviously thinking that they are the party of police. But um, I, I just had I, everybody there seemed all the police that I always met were always very helpful. Like mm-hmm. it was a, it was a town that there, the crime, the crime didn't, wasn't blamed on police officers is the best way that I can describe it. The crime yeah. was well, like, Oh, there's a bad part of town you go to. And there's a part you don't go to. Yeah. Um, and then as I got a little bit older and I would come back and visit friends, that was the weird thing about that town is, um, I guess it was still, it was still before the BLM movements. Um, there would be a neighborhood that we'd party in one year, one summer, that was the place to go. And then the next summer it was like, that was the block where people were getting killed and you avoid that. You'd go to like Soulard. Oh, can't go to Soulard this year. Got to go someplace else. And I think that has to do a little bit with the policing there just yeah. because it was like pick or choose the neighborhood. Um, so I would say you know, looking back, maybe they were understaffed at best, but it was the police officers were much better there mm-hmm. than Milwaukee. I gotcha. Yeah. So the cool part that, what in our field and what I like to, I guess I'd like to kind of explore right now is, you know, the power that we have in look at the power the media has over perception of policing today. Mm-hmm. Like police used to be kind of a heroic um, looked at job, even, you know, even if it was starting to degrade, you know, after NWA and some of them, you know, uh, rightfully pointed out some corruption in police. Absolutely. That's, you know, I, I hate when cops get mad. Like, Why are you saying that shit? Like, cause it happened. Like, yeah. you gotta take the good with the bad, um, own the bad. And so there was, there was some bad stuff going on and that got brought to light, but then nine 11 happens and then firefighters, cops, ambulance people, everybody's, you know, just revered. Everybody loves them. Yeah. And it didn't seem to take that long, maybe 15, 20 years, but it's a complete. I think it was less than that. It was ten. Yeah, complete ten. opposite. And uh, I, I hold almost wholeheartedly the media to blame for that. And now you got guys like us that have a podcast, and we're able to get our message out. Maybe not as such a large stream um, crowd, but it's it grows. And if you get guys like Rogan, I mm-hmm. mean, shit, if he can do that, I mean, he's getting more than any syndicated TV place could have ever imagined. Right. And, uh, we're able to control a narrative that normally would go unheard. Right. And, um, I think that that holds a lot of power. I'm very careful with it personally. Like I definitely try to make sure I don't get too heavy handed on one side. Right. Because it isn't fair because each side has, has a voice. Um, you know, I think having you, having Chad, I have gotten real heavy on, on the right side. Right. But I just had, I told you that last guest I had, yeah. um, Derek Hamilton, uh, who's, you know, claims to be very democratic, but he's got some very uh, conservative beliefs after what he went through. Yeah. Um, so talking to him, you know, that, that kind of leveled the playing field. And then I have um, another guest coming. She's a Democratic candidate for a district attorney position. Interesting. And I'm, I'm very curious to ask her, why does your political affiliation have anything to do with being a prosecutor? Or a district attorney. Mm. I don't think that should matter. Personally. So, I mean, some, some cities or some municipalities, there's positions that doesn't matter. Yeah. And they, like, you don't even have to put it. Like, some mayors, you don't even have to put it. Like, True. Yeah. But when it comes to district attorney, it's just like yeah, being a judge. Why yeah. does your political affiliation have any bearing over the law? Yeah. I don't get that. Is there a chance that she, 
and I'm sure you'll find out, well, she may not be able to say, I know some people that have run for office against an incumbent and had to say they were the other political it's party. It's possible, so. especially because it's local. So that's yeah. it, very possible. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm ignorant on the cause. I don't know. So that's yeah. why I want to talk to her about that and get her, you know, it just, it, it helps level the playing field. Because yeah. if you get so, this is one thing that pisses me off about cops. You go to their Facebook pages or whatever, and it is like you're just in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. It's all the same people. And I got a lot of people from Flint. <laughs> right. They do not think like people down here. Yeah. And I get, why do you got this fucking guy on your Facebook page? Like, he's an idiot. Da, da, da. I'm like, grew up with him. Yeah. He's got a good heart. Yeah. You just don't agree with the topic. Like, right. that's okay. You, we can disagree and still be friends. Like, we're getting to a point now on social media that it becomes so polarizing. Like as soon as you disagree with one point, now we can't be friends. No. I feel like, the, and I agree with you, but I feel like the left started that. And I think the, the right being that way, like the people looking at some of the like, Oh, how can that idiot say that? Yeah. I think is a byproduct of the last three to five years. Oh, it's, it's, and yeah, it's because I, I, I always use this reference. I had a girl, that I was like on a date with back in 2005 and I went, we went out and I remember she had a George Bush bumper sticker who even to this day, even though I'm Republican, I still think the Bush family is garbage personally. Yeah. Um, more of an establishment issue, but I remember looking at her bumper sticker and hating her for it. And that's such a Democrat thing to do this day and age. Like the Republicans, they hate Democrats in office they give they give the opportunity to befriend that like we're patient we've been patient been i don't know if that's as you said it's kind of changing now but it's yeah. like dude, i don't care what your politics are man that's it's all good like i just oh you hate me and then it switches yeah but like i think the republicans give a little grace they hate the the people in charge whereas the democrats will hate the people in charge and think hateful thoughts of you i was guilty of it i yeah. i feel like that's just the way it is yeah it's I, I don't know who started it, but I do know it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And I don't like politics being brought into how you make or break a friendship. Like mine is oh, no. content of character. So yeah. it was just way Martin Luther King had this shit right <laughs> back in the day. You know, it's the content of someone's character. But people will say that. And then the next thing you know, you'll agree on 99% of things. And that 1%, they're like, fuck that guy. Yeah. I'm like, really? Like over that one thing, I've had family members. You, we were just talking about that. I've had family members drop me because I took a stance on something that was very conservative in their opinion, and we're like, you know, I can't believe you. I've I've known you your whole life, yeah. and then that was it. Right. That's the other problem with from a political level. That's the issue with Republicans is um, we're very tribal as well. So the Democrats hate once they hear something. And I'm, I'm blanketing people, but the Democrat will hear something conservative that the, their friend has and they'll kind of defriend them. The Republicans, for some odd reason, are like, oh, you feel this. You're pro-choice. Don't even vote on my side. It's like, OK, bro, let's yeah. let's let's the, the bigger picture here is we're not going to agree on everything. You're never going to find a candidate that's perfect. And I think the Republicans are guilty of uh, cannibalizing their own. And that's that's the problem, because people yeah. people are going to have different beliefs and different reasons yeah one of the and i don't care if it's left or right but one of the great examples that i've seen recently is um tulsi gabbard spoke at uh what's it called cpac or whatever it is yeah um 
it was all Republicans. Yeah, yeah. And they let her come speak. And she was very, I listened to the whole thing because I was like, this is going to be interesting. You know, this doesn't happen yeah. anymore. Like <laughs> she come in and spoke very honestly. And I thought very uh, objectively and was able to hit in, in such a way that she wasn't trying to kiss anybody's ass on the left or kiss anybody's ass on the mm-hmm. right. And I was like, that's what it's about. She yeah. got up there and basically said, we can disagree, but still get things done. I was like, that is an awesome message in a time where you said, like you said, everybody is like just trying to make the other side look bad. Right. And I'm like, that, how are you going to get anything accomplished? I've been a fan of hers for a while, and I, I think she's probably going to switch parties. We'll see. But um, I just find it funny when, again, there's a lot of the conservative side. It's like, yeah, I told you he's coming around. And then she says one thing that's still more of a Democrat or liberal ideal. And they're like, see, I knew she was – she's controlled opposition. I'm yeah. like, no, she could – she may be, but she could just be a person with – Opinions, yeah, of her own, yeah. You know, I might blow your mind on this one. Have you had a? So you've heard of Uncle Tom one, right? Nope. The movie. Nope. The, okay, so Uncle. So the, the actual creator is Dallas based. Uh, I just went to the premiere. Chad was there too. Um, Uncle Tom two, and it's literally just like it's like a counter movie to sixteen nineteen. Essentially saying the power that black people have to really take control of their lives. Like the, the, it's a lot better than we think. You know, okay. they if they use opportunities and stuff like that. Like Larry Elder is the one that created it. One of the creators. Um, the second one is a lot more aggressive. And you say, you cited uh, Martin Luther King. Yeah. And that's like, that's the go-to. We all got to do that. Like Martin Luther yeah. King is the gold standard of civil rights and positivity. That movie will start to change your mind on some stuff. I, I get that he had character issues past that. that but i'm just saying the, the, oh, the, I know, I the know. idea behind saying that it could have been anybody that said it it was a great that idea. message is, yeah. is perfect in my opinion yeah like, yeah judge people based on the content of their character, character. Yeah. yeah there's i mean there's some glowing lines that I, and, yeah. I, and i think and and now you start there's some stuff that I, somebody somebody made a comment on one of my like the news shows like four months ago and they're like oh i'm sure you love martin luther king just do some more research i'm like what are you talking it's martin luther king yeah so it turns out he was actually, I mean, there's a lot of his background that's trained in uh, communism and Marxism. So yeah. some interesting stuff. Yeah. And we see like five of his greatest speeches and there's a lot of stuff that were questionable. The whole mo- the movie, it's it's all black creators, black people, uh, black, you know, Tatum and all the, everything. And it literally is the beginning of destroying the whole concept behind the civil rights movement. Really? It's fascinating. That's crazy. And, I, and I'm not saying it's 100% correct. I want to be, be very clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's they, they provide enough questions to go, what was the motive in the 20s behind the NAACP? What was yeah. the motive uh, during the civil rights movement of the 60s? Yeah. Can you also? angle that up just a little bit? Yeah. I keep getting weird feedback in my headphones at you. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. That's better. Sorry, yeah, it was weird. I, I was know. trying to. Use, I wanted to angle it. I was trying yeah. to do a ricochet. A ricochet, yeah. Yeah, you a never glancing. want. You never want to go. Psst, you yeah. want to go. Psst. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I would tell you how I used to tell some guys how to. I'm like, get it, get it cl- yeah, yeah. closer. You're right. Uh, no, here, get yeah. it closer. Pretend <laughs> like you're trying to get a husband. All right. Uh, so you said you wanted to try that. Yeah, right? let's try it. Okay. Um, we're going for round number two, folks. I make sure I clear this one out because I do want to try. I'm fascinated yeah. by the fact that they test their barrels. I don't want to get to know them. I had a friend, my my childhood girlfriend, and when I was five years old, her name's Ashley. She's uh she was a life lifelong bartender, which now has really severe political beliefs. Oh really? Thinks that I'm the devil, of course. Oh well, but that's why she's your ex. Well, I mean, five years old. I don't know if we can consider that an ex, but yeah. 
Did you add another ball? I did add another ball. I was going to say, can I have I always like to freshen the whole thing up. Yeah. Oh, look. I hate when the balls stick together. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you had ice nuts for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when that happens. I'm all wheels, no cannon. My, my girlfriend always makes sure I know that. <laughs> you have to think about that one for a second. Uh, no, I just was uh, I was thinking of the ice balls again. Cause it God, looked... you pour heavy. I'm just thinking. I don't know. I'm a man. I'm a man. Yeah. A man? I'm, Is that the right term well, these days? You served and you're also, uh, you know, police officer. I'm I'm an art school student. So. Uh, I gotcha. I yeah. forgot to bring Cosmopolitans. Yeah. My bad. Some little apple, uh, apple teeny there, oh, sir. I fucking love bourbon. I love scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. Get mm-hmm. in my belly. That's actually, okay, I like this one even better. I like that better. Yeah. Now, what will blow your mind even more is it's a rye. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I had a guest on here, and he goes, oh, it's pretty good for a rye. And I was like, it's a rye? <laughs> I didn't read it. I just tasted it. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. That, so give you some insight. That bottle that I showed you earlier, I had been trying for three years. I had never had Smoke Wagon. I've been told about it. It's like one of those bourbon collectors try to get this bottle. It's amazing. I finally get one. And when it rains, it pours types things. I go to the store and like, we also have this one and we have this one. So I buy like three bottles all at once. I pay like 200 bucks. My wife I say, how much are they? Um, generally around $60. Okay. Um, the unfiltered and cut one, that's a little higher because that's yeah. like their badass one. Yeah. And um, you I pay think, less for circumcised. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a really, you know, I took a risk because I went from never having it and I've been burned before Blanton's like, it's I've super it. popular. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. Seen, I know what the bottle looks like. I don't think yeah, I've ever had it. Yeah, the horse on the top. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was a popular bourbon already. And then stupid John Wick comes out, and that's what he was drinking on there. And it just makes it impossible to find. But yeah. I remember trying Blanton's, and I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. So I was worried. I spent, you know, bought three bottles of something that I've been chasing, and I was worried it's going to be bad. That no, was good. Turns out it's my favorite. I want to know the, I really do want to know the backstory on how they do the, uh, the percentages. I, they, I mean, I'm assuming they test per barrel. Probably just some drunk guy in the back. Yeah, it's like 59,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 58. Yeah, yep, that yeah. one's 58.07. <laughs> Wait, John, your left shoe's still on. Oh, yeah. my bad. My bad. <laughs> take, take, take that off. Um, Happy Gilmore reference? Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I'm impressed with the yeah. skills. <laughs> um, all right, sir. So let's get into your your podcast um, and why you created it. What's its goal? What are you trying to do? Because podcasts are created to reach the community, mm-hmm. much like police, much like everything else. And like I was talking about, branching our media presence yeah I, it's so weird to call myself media because i hate, yeah. i hate the media um, yeah and uh i i don't think they're ever out to do anything good i think they're out for money did you see my uh the picture at cpac that i had that posted no. so i have one of my my, my clothing brand is awake not woke but i had the uh def- you got it that's your clothing brand that's my, yeah, yeah that's my style. <gasps> and i got the man. i got the trademark on it too i need to start making some damn money with it is what i need to do okay but i had the defund the media hoodie on and i had a media i was media I applied for it. So I oh, got so you're a media spot. So I was a media spot. So I'm in front of the pit where all of the media is like half of them wearing masks and I'm in front wearing the defund the media. That's hilarious. Badass. Yeah. That is okay. hilarious. That's funny. I watched, I know I'm taking a little turn. We'll go back to it, but I, right. I watched a guy next to me. He was with Reuters. He was with Reuters. 
New York Times. He was with New York Times. I'm sorry, the Reuters people were super nice, actually. He was with uh, New York Times. He was only there for the guy from, like, Ecuador or somewhere south of the border that's, like, ultra-conservative. He was only there for that to write the article. And I'm literally looking over his shoulder and watching him write this headline that was so inflammatory. That mm. was so not what we saw in that thing, like... Just essentially just destroying anybody that's right wing in any way, shape, or form. And I watched it happening, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God, that's why. Like, this guy's job from New York Times was go slam the president of this country that's a Trump supporter and that is a political conservative. And three weeks before, he had said a comment about no race mixing. It was very – that can be dangerously said. But it was – it's – a different language, first off. So there was some translation issues. And he was essentially talking about how they were having problems at their border. And he wanted to make, he did not want, it's not like he didn't want rape, rape, uh, race mixing marriages. Right. He didn't want the, that was their was illegal. He was essentially issue. saying he didn't want illegal immigrants, but because of the language barrier, yeah. that's what it came out as. And so they, paint, I'm watching this. I'm like, this, this, is, this is the problem. I heard that's a big problem with the Russian language. Like stuff we try to interpret just from Russia, we just don't even have terms for Right. And so it, it they fill in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. They fill in the gaps. Yeah. And I sit there and I'm like, we used to have like either there's media people that you can, you respect it and you go back and you're like, man, that guy, he did it right. You know, that's how it's done. And now today you don't have that. And it's almost, it's almost like, um, oh man, I can't think of their names as a guy and a girl. They were on Rogan actually. Um, they've got a pretty good little news thing going on. I think he's like, Right wing, she's left wing, but they interesting. Yeah, it's great, but their meat, their their facts are fucking facts, and it's not bias. Do, God, I can't think of the name of them. Well, Hannity and Combs kind of used to be like that at one point, but I like that's what I kept getting. I had a the news topic that I was covering for Fox News Radio for a couple days was talking about Meta or Facebook's whole thing about now they're getting fact checked for the election. Like, how can you fix it? My first answer was like, you really can't at this point. Just let it all go. But they're not going to do that. And I was like, oh wait. They just they just hired ten fact checking checking organizations. Why not throw in some right ones? Not ridiculous, right? It's like Epic Times and and Breitbart. Throw it in there, and they have to just collude on a yes or no. Yeah, like that's it. Like you have like the their AI work against. It. I mean, why not just make it somewhat fair? But it's it's like use both sides of the spectrum because I guarantee you there's some issues with the right just like there is with the left. Yeah. Plain and simple. So working for Fox, tell me this, because this is something I'd be interested in knowing. Um, did you ever, or did they ever like push, like you have to lean this way, like on this? So I don't work. So no. So no. So I do Fox sports, which is apolitical and which is interesting. Cause I would say that they're much more liberal. The people that I work with are all very liberal. I don't talk about my politics there. Um, Fox radio, I'm just political analyst that's independent and they reach out to me for radio spots. Um, they don't push it either way, but they, I I already know who I'm talking to every, I'll feel out the host because I'll do it like little 10 minute spots in Columbus, Ohio to Seattle, Washington. And they're all conservative stations, but some are a little bit more like, I know that I can let my hair out conspiracy side more than others. But they're radio guys, so they'll they have to fill three hours. So they'll just, they're I don't know how they do it to be totally honest. Every day having three hours of content, just going and going. I could go. It's pretty impressive. I could go. I feel like I could for like <laughs> a couple of days, and then I'd be just exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I, if, man, 
Yeah. I I just had this conversation with my mother-in-law. I've had a podcast every day for the last seven days. Are you serious? Yeah. So I'm your seventh day? Yeah. And I got another one tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, bro. And, and then, then how often have, do you release them? And when I ha- once a week. Okay. I'm already good through October. Nice. Like I've got, like you probably will be released the third week of October, maybe even the first week of November. Can you title this one the October Surprise? I could. Okay. Yeah. I'll I, just do Hunter Biden's laptop. Let's get some crack. Let's just. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that was the greatest October surprise that never was. Right. Um, all right. So behind your podcast. So, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Tell me. Tell me. So, what was the idea? Why did you get that shit started? Can I start with Be the Change? And that's it because that's oh, kind of how yeah, it started. Yeah, so no, it's you, a weird it's your show. how I got into it. Um, so, again, I wanted to use my voice, motivational speaker, and, and my company was on tailing in i'm like there's it's time to start moving on so be the change in 20 what was it july 7th of 2016 was that Mm -hmm. when the shooting happened in texas i believe that was it when the five police officers were killed in the line of duty happened a mile from my house i was living in downtown dallas really yeah i was actually i had to make it home and there was like road closures and i was like we heard what was going on and i had already made the political switch to um did you, your cough's fine. Leave it on there. No, no, no. I, uh, I that's thought, a good, like, it's a good oh, marker. No, no. I, I, I want to do a clip on that. Oh, I thought you were like, I got to get rid of my cough. Yeah, I was no, like, no, oh, I don't pay attention to that. I don't but yeah. give a shit about that. <laughs> so no, I, um, uh, I was making my way home and I, I had already been a, I would say my, my switch politically happened with my own small business in like 2011. Uh, also look, I mean, I was a two time Obama voter. And then all of a sudden I was like, something's just not right about the ideology and the Democrat party. And I, I looked at, I think it was Michael Brown stuff being from St. Louis. And I'm like, the narrative's bullshit. It's, it's all lying. Something's not right. And then the police shooting happened and, um, and Trayvon Martin. And then the police shooting happened in Dallas. Five police officers were killed in the line of duty at a event where they were protesting against the police for a shooting of somebody that did not comply with the law where the police officer killed them. And they were, the police officers were there to protect the people that hated them. Yeah. Like, well, this is weird. And then five police officers were killed. And I, I just, I wrote a whole thing up the next day and it started bad. I screwed up in terms of my first line. I'm a very good writer, but I, I was angry and I wrote, fuck Obama. Bad idea. Because a lot of the people that worked for me were were African American, were black, and um, they were all independent contractors. There was a hate group started on me. If you would have read the rest, oh, it was bad. I had 150 people. I I had somebody in the hate group that was letting me know what was going on so they could protect me a little bit. And they're like, we're going to reach out to his brands. It was ridiculous. Um, But if you, all I said was fuck Obama. And then the rest of it was a very long, we're talking long thing about how we need to be better as people. I was mad about Obama's, I thought the race relations were bad, and I thought we weren't taking ownership in our actions. All the, the narratives behind Michael Brown, all these different things, led us to this point where five police officers that wanted to go home to their families were getting killed yeah. by a sniper or whatever happened. Um, we st- I still don't know. We don't know exactly what happened, but they took out the, the sniper the next day. Oh, we know what happened. Do you know that 100% would happen? I watched the whole fucking thing. Were you there? No, 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 no. The um, ATF and some other guys came and did a whole breakdown. Where I oh, really? And showed us the whole, like, minute for minute. No shit. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, there, there was always the, like, was, yeah. So, uh, maybe later you can tell me the yeah, whole Yeah, I'll the tell whole you story. offline. Yeah, yeah, offline. It's fucking nuts. Like, really? It, 
to give the guy tactical credit, I mean, he was fucking spot on. He was good. God damn, he was good. Yeah. 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 So I started to be the change. And and it started from that moment. I went online and I'm like, my business head was, there was, uh, there was no trademark funny enough for be the change is one word. So I'm like, I'm going to start working on a trademark. It took two years to get it. And I can't, I don't have it for clothing, but I have it for uh, educational purposes. So I can use it kind of like, I'm going to do a be the change conference or whatever it might be. So that, that's when I started it. And then I started the be so the change. So you own that? I own hashtag be the change and be the change. I use that shit all the time because it's a good cop phrase. Well, it's a, it's also a great, I mean, it's, it's not, it, the thing is it's almost, even though I have the trademark, it's almost non-trademarkable. Yeah. Like they said, do you want to fight for the clothing side of it? And then I got told like pretty much since it's Gandhi's quote, which it is, there's no way that I can really win in a court of law. I see. So it's, it's unenforceable, but it's nice to say that I have especially. Oh, that yeah. is cool. Yeah. But yeah, cause you would actually, if you sue me, you'll go in debt. Cause I- <laughs> yeah, I mean, what am I going to do? Like, uh, Oh, here's a good one. Let's see if you can come up with this one. Sue me for what? Oh, touch me and I'll sue you. I know it. I give me a second. Touch me and I'll sue you. Give me a second. Then he decks him. He's like, sue me for what? Uh, fuck, I can't remember it. Just tell me. Do you me. want a hint? Yeah, give me a hint. Tommy Gunn was in it. Uh, yeah. Um, it's uh, the guy that was supposed to be like Don King on yeah. Rocky Five. Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, touch me and I'll sue. You touch got me it wrong. Sue, yeah. Touch me and I'll sue. Touch me and I'll sue. Yeah. <laughs> he starts laughing. Sue me for what? Yeah, that's All right. right. Uh, so anyway, so the hashtag be the change I started and I was, I had like 550 of my friends who were in it and both sides and politically I kept it pretty, pretty sterile. Uh, and then where was it? COVID started. And as somebody that was speaking, I just was getting into my motivational speaking career, just starting to get paid. The event world gets shut down. All my other events shut down. I'm locked in a house. Uh, I'm an extrovert if you can't tell. Yeah. And, <laughs> Me too, baby. Yeah, and I'm like, this is. And I've never had depression issues. I'm like, this is pretty close. But I'm like, this is, at first, at first, I was like, let me get into this. I had a girlfriend at the time from Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and I just got so invested. I'm like, there's so much pent up. And I'm, my mom's a, a chiropractor, so I was big into natural health. COVID happened, and I'm like, I'm looking what's going on. And I remember my mom 25 years ago, 25 years ago going, there's going to be an illness. And there's going to be, it's going to, there's, there's going to be a whole separation of society based on vaccines and all this stuff. And I was like, no shit. And like, she, I mean, she telegraphed it 25 years earlier. Yeah. So I'm seeing it happen. And then I start doing my own research on the findings and all this different stuff. And another, none of it makes sense. So I decided to do a two hour live on be the change in my personal page. Mm. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Impact Tactical. Impact is a tactical outfitter for the men and women of our military, police, fire departments, and other public safety around the country. Impact's core beliefs is that fearless men and women protect our freedom and safety should have access to the best tactical performance apparel, equipment, and tools on the market. And they shouldn't have to go broke to get it. I've used Impact for about 11 years, and I can attest that they do live up to their core values. So you get a personal recommendation from me. You can find them at impacttactical.com. That's M-P-A-K tactical.com. And be sure to tell them that two cops, one donut sent you. Um, to talk and just, and I'm like, oh God, that felt so good to get it all out. Yeah, yeah. And then, so this is what, April of 2020. So then I, I do a couple, I do a second or third show and then I get, and then George Floyd happens. Mm. And... Do you know who Cashley? Do you remember Cashley Kelly at all? Mm, no, remind me. 
black dude like wearing the tank top in the in the car smoking a cigarette probably waiting for i think one of his kids to come out talking about when are black lives going to matter to black people and he was talking about how they're going to martial law everybody if you don't chill the fuck out and all this stuff went super viral he was a nobody okay overnight million two million four million and it just kept going up i somebody sent me the video i messaged him said, hey, would you come on a show? And I had just done one show with two guys that I was doing some of these, like, streaming shows with. Yeah. And we did a show about, you know, essentially race relations. And it was a really powerful show. I was super proud of it. It was, like, two hours long. We had both sides of the spectrum. Really, what there was no side at that point. It was just kind of having a conversation. Um, and I remember, like, 50 people were watching at one time. Hell, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just... And then, and we did a great job promoting it, and it was a good show. And then Cash, he messaged me back. And to any of the viewers that you have that actually remembers Cash Lee Kelly, he went, he got ended up at 400,000 viewers, uh, 400,000 um, uh, followers before he got January 6th and uh, in, in jail. And there's a whole backstory because he also had a career, had a record from 2010. So there was issues from that because he's an ex-gangbanger. That's why he was able to speak to anybody. Brilliant dude. Absolutely just fucking brilliant to, yeah. to listen to. Um, so he reached back out to me because he thought I was a dude he went to juvie with, whose name was like Anthony or something like that. Probably Andrew. Yeah, probably Andrew. Bruso. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, this dude's reaching out to me, man. Like, I get to reconnect. So he got really excited about it, and it turns out it was just me. But we, he came on my show the next the next week. Our truth truth will set you free Tuesdays on Be the Change. And he comes on, and he's just got this loyal following. And Facebook hasn't figured out how to squash algorithms yet on some of this stuff. And yeah. we had like twelve hundred people watching live. Holy live. shit! And I'm just watching the numbers go up as we get started on Streamyard. I'm like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit! I've had thirty two. That's the best I've had. Yeah, yeah I was pumped. <laughs> I was, I was like, I mean, holy shit! And they yeah. just watched me play a fucking video game. <laughs> And I start talking cop tactics. I'm like, all right, this is how I kind of look at this game because I'm playing CSGO. Yeah. I was like, you know, when you get up to these walls, you don't want to be sucked up right to the corner. You actually want to back off and you can play your angles better. And I'm like trying to tell people, like, these are police, these military tactics, this is stuff we use, you know, and I'm trying to explain uh, as, awesome. um, you know, I'm not the best at the game by any means. It's still a game. You yeah. Know? But uh, probably better in real life than a lot of them are. It, it, we. It's funny what just a little bit of actual tactical training will do for you in a game that these, you know, 12-year-old kids will destroy you in. But uh, yeah. I want to save a thought for later when we get maybe to, like, Uvalde and stuff, so write this down. Uh, video games and shootings, school shootings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so to, to make the long story even longer in terms of how that worked out, so Cash and I ended up becoming really fast friends. I ended up being, you know, for somebody deemed a racist uh, just because of political beliefs, uh, I ended up being godfather to his kid, uh, his, his newest, newest newborn or whatever. I dro drove through the country to go see my grandpa. I stopped in Hammond, Indiana area or that where he was from, pretty yeah. close to there. And we became super, super close, kept doing shows together, kept building the Be The Change brand. And then while he's been in, in jail for January 6th, I, I rebranded anything media because I'm like, this is, I, I'm sorry, there's no way the Be The Change messaging really works anymore. Yeah. It's more media. Like, Be The Change, I need to separate. So Truth Will Set You Free, I did Truth Tuesdays, I had 105 episodes where we always, we, it started out again, just like you said, like, you bring bring on a different opinion, bring on the the cop that, or the people that don't necessarily agree, or the cops that are going to call out other cops, bring out somebody on the left, bring out on the right. It started out that way. 
um, super hard to find people anymore on the left. And I think you're gonna, yeah. it's going to be even very hard suited to find police officers that feel differently that are willing to come in front of a conversation <laughs> because leftist logic is much better argued in silent without voice. And I sound like a dick for saying that, but this is much easier, easier ways to manipulate words than looking somebody in the eye and actually believing some of the stuff that comes out of the leftist, far leftist rhetoric. Yeah. And that's just, I'm glad you isolated far. Far. Left. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause I think a lot of times, you know, like for me, like I'll get, I'll talk to some of my friends and family back home that are very far left. Yeah. And they're like, I can't believe you're in Texas. Like, I just can't believe, like, how did you move there? Like, they're so fucked up. Yeah. I'm like, have you been here? Well, no, I, you know, I haven't been there. I'm like, okay, well then what are you saying? Yeah. I was like, you know me. Do you think my heart's changed because of me being just down because here? because you're in Texas? I said, I'm still the same guy. Like, I, I take each topic as it is yeah. for what it is for, yeah. for me. Like, um, one that I, I'll share freely with people. If you want one political view, like, um, telling a woman what she can do with her body. Yeah. I'm never going to do that. I can, I don't think I can. Would I ever personally get an abortion? Me personally? No, right. I wouldn't, but I can't. I'm a man. Uh, and two, there's no fucking way I would ever want to tell another person what to do with their body. That's where I'm at on that. Yeah. So, you, you and I are actually in the exact same. Like, like that's, so I'm a classical liberal. So I, I think a lot of like um, beliefs like that are, are one where I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. pro-choice for the masses. I think to me as a Christian, and I know I, I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with this, but as a Christian, it's not my place to judge what somebody else is going through. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to place that imposition yeah. on their body. And, and I, and a lot of the conversations I have with my own people on my shows, they, they yeah. slam me for it and they call me a lukewarm yeah. Christian. I'm like, it's just not my thing. I don't want to, I, I believe in everybody having a choice to do things. Yeah. And, and, and through police work, it's opened my eyes up a lot. You know, I see a lot of things that I, I had kind of a, I had a pretty strong opinion about mm -hmm. nothing that I would, that I voiced out loud, but, um, coming down South here and dealing with, you know, illegal immigrants and stuff like that. And then I'm seeing what the real, what, what I see is the real picture. I'm seeing just families coming to the land of opportunity, trying yeah. to make it. And, you know, it, it softened my heart quite a bit when it comes to, to those types of issues. And, Oh, now I want to get into this. So, tell, so what's your opinion on immigration now? <sighs> I, this is not a political show, but I'll tell you mine. <laughs> um, my, the way I look at it is we have a legal system and a, and a way to get here legally. And I think that's the way you should follow it. Yeah. And by all means, you should protect the country how you need to protect the country. Okay. I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, whoever's here and I have to deal with them. I'm going to judge that person based on the reasons that I have to deal with them as a police officer. So that's kind of how I see it. If I show that's up fair. to a house and somebody just broke into their home and they all work, they're all trying to, you know, there's tw this happens. There's 12 people stacked up in this little tiny mm -hmm. ass house and they're just, you can see they're trying to make a better life. How I, crazy is it that that in America is better than what they came from? I right. Think people need to recognize that. Yeah. Too. And so for me, that's what I say when I got a soft heart for it because I see that. And then I see them get victimized. And out of that, out of that one person, that one family that called the police, there's 50 others that didn't because they know their status and they think that we're going to send them back. Yeah. And that's not what we do. That's not what police do. That's not what regular police officers 
ice and all them like that's their job like, yeah. that's what they do and if they have a reason to come get you they're going to come get you for whatever reason that may be whether it's a criminal record they find out about from you yeah. know where you came from whatever it is but my job isn't that my job is to keep the peace here and for what i see and so when i come to a house like i said i i remember specifically i pulled over a a truck as he's pulling into his driveway and me, I'm thinking he's just pulling over and he just pulls into the driveway to get off the street. Yeah. Now, this is two in the morning. And uh, I'm thinking drunk. I, I can't remember the reason I pulled this guy over, but I pull him over. He's got no license. Um, truck is looking uh, rough. He's looking rough. Um, registration was out, but he had insurance, mm-hmm. which is rare. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's you, you, you don't have any of those things right, like right, if right. you don't have that one thing. So, um, and then I just see like 15 people come out of the house, like just looking, no shirts on, stuff like, you know, it's nighttime, they're sleeping, they're in their sleep clothes. Yeah. So um, they're looking out of the house and they're just, they look nervous and worried. And this guy's dressed in nothing but construction stuff. And I'm like, hey man, you know, I, was, I can't remember why I pulled him over, but I had a reason to stop him. And it's, you know, to, I think I pulled him over because I thought he was drunk. Yeah. Turns out he was tired. <laughs> Motherfucker been working like 18 hours in the Texas heat on the freeway. He was a freeway worker. So pull him over, say, you know, I get his story. He tells me everything, you know, um, very broken English, but I figured it out. And as we get going, I'm like, this is your house. Like, is he's like, yeah, it's my family. He's like, they're probably just worried. And I said, um, I said, you got insurance. I was like, what's up with the rest? He's like, I work all day long. He's like, I don't speak very good English. And I, I'm, I'm trying, he's trying to do the right steps. He just, he's having a hard time. Yeah. And he's like, he's got to support. I, I mean, I saw it firsthand yeah. and, um, never met a pullout that he liked. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. His pullout game's weak. He weak. And, uh, he's Catholic, you know, yeah. so yeah. that's just how it is. Yeah. I grew up Catholic, but, yeah. um, so I, I see, I see it and I'm like, it was another eye-opening. That's why I remember this specific yeah. event because I grew up in Michigan. I didn't see that. That wasn't yeah. a thing. That's not normal for me. So I had all these preconceived notions up there, but then I come down and I see it firsthand, and I see a guy that's trying to do all the right steps. He just needs a little help. So I'm like, all right, dude, the way I can help you tonight is I'm not going to tow your vehicle. I'm not going to yeah, – no tickets, no nothing. So he had gonna... insurance, and he was not legally supposed to be – He had a Mexican driver's license. But you're uh, from Mexico. So you're allowed to be. So, but temporarily. It, it doesn't. It's a gray area. Yeah, it's a gray area. And it's one of those things like, I'm a cop. I don't know if this is real. I don't uh, I can't tell that. Yeah. So I, it could have been fake. I don't know. So he's, he showed me what he had, but he was honest. And, and I saw the, I mean, I, I saw his text dot stuff. I mean, he had a job. I knew he was working. Yeah. And I could, you can see it in the guy's face. He's not drunk. Dude is just worn the fuck out. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was doing what he could do, and I respect that, and yeah. I love that. And that, to me, that's the American dream. Absolutely. Yeah, and so he's doing that. He's supporting his family. He's doing all the right steps. And so for me, I, I, like I said, that's what softened my heart on the whole issue. But was before, I was like, fuck it. If you're illegal, you don't belong here. That, like, that's kind of how I had seen yeah. it at first. And that was coming from ignorance of never being around it. Oh, see, I, see I'm a big – the, the, de- the deporting thing is if you're <sighs> – and that's the problem with how open the border is, in my opinion, is once you've kind of got here, I hate the whole, like Obama deported more uh, immigrants than any president in history. Uh, I think it was like 11 million. It was crazy. 
how many he deported. I mean, you're here if you're if you're doing what you can. You've kind of found a way. Just keep working towards. Yeah. Get, and, and we have a broken. It's not black and white. Right. It can't it's be not, so. Uh, what do they say? Mutually exclusive. It right. Can't be that way. But if we can, if you can stop them at the border, stop them. Like to me, sure. It's a, and and don't invite them like they did. During the election process, sure. that's the problem. Absolutely. But I'm with you on that. Like once yeah. once you're face to face with the individual, treat yeah. them like a human being because we do have a great country, plain and simple. Yeah, that's why they're coming here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you do have terrorists trying to get in too, but right um, for nefarious reasons. Yeah. Look at look at what um, you know, it's it's funny you say you're from Flint, and and again, it's also Arab based. It's not so funny, but it sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's funny. I just interviewed a uh, Brian Artis. Uh, he's the like anti. He's like the anti Remdesivir guy. Anti what? Remdesivir for the Corona. He's a doctor. So, oh, okay. and he was the one that says it's like all in the water. Like, he's, he's, <laughs> and it's and it's funny because we're talking about Flint and Fuck anyways, that guy. Yeah, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No, honestly, eye opening. And he yeah. makes enough sense where you're like, shit, it probably is. Um, but anyways, so I was just I just got back from the rodeo road with my girlfriend in Missoula. Montana. Missoula. Been you, there many times. I was stationed in Montana for four years. How many years ago? Uh, 06, 2010. I wonder if it's different. Was that the weirdest fucking town you've ever been to, Missoula? Missoula? I mean, for Montana, yes. It was so far left. So far kooky. Well, it's a college town. Mm-mm. I go to college towns all the time. <laughs> my girlfriend and I, she's she, my girlfriend who always says that I'm like a pansy. She's like, you're the manliest guy here. This is awkward. Yeah. Like, it was Austin on steroids. And I think there's a reason, like like you said about Flint, is so you, you left in 2010? I left Montana in 2010. Yeah. So yeah. last time you saw Missoula was 2010. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think, again, like we said, the media has perpetrated this thing since like 2012 and on. It was I'm like betting this. I know uh, it's, uh, it's it is. The cat hair gets attached to it, though. A couple drinks and you're like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, I put some. I am going to end yeah. up naked. Yeah. Uh, no. All right. <laughs> My master plan has come to fruition. <laughs> you guys, how? No. Um, so I think because they're so separate, it's not diverse in Missoula at all. It is, it is as white as it gets. Oh, that's Montana in general. Exactly. Yeah. But then you've got the university and then what's on the media. And yes, there's the faction of Montana that is predominantly conservative. Missoula was so much weirder than anything I've ever seen in Austin in terms of the, not bad weird, but like keep Missoula weird is their thing. Every building had the Black Lives Matter on it. Every restaurant had it. Like, yeah. have you guys ignored the fact that we found out that, yes, everybody believes Black Lives Matter, but the whole organization is garbage? Have we not figured that out yet? Yeah. And then it's got end hate and all this stuff. I'm like, there's no hate here. It's all a bunch of people that have the exact same mindset. You guys are all friendly. I think, though, because they don't see anything about the bad areas that all they think is what the media tells them to do. I've never seen more people with with purple, pink, blue hair. Again, totally cool. Like sometimes you're expressing yourself, but when it's everybody there, first couple I saw walking literally as I got out of the car, guy bigger than me dressed as a woman with a little tiny guy. And it was like, and this was and that was everywhere we went. In Missoula? In Missoula. Really? My girlfriend and I agreed. We were like, this is I've never seen it. Like this was the most ultra left town i've ever been to no and i shit. think it's because when was it a week ago oh okay. yeah that's what i'm saying i, I was saying when i went there it was just a normal but, place but that's what i'm saying is yeah. think about the programming they've seen they don't they don't see any real life of like okay there's yeah. some 
racially, there's some bad areas that might be black, like, you know, whatever it might be. Like, let's look at real, real statistics are completely yeah. far from their perspective. And I think that they believe that we still live in a, in an oppressed country. Mm. And I, and I noticed that I'm like, it's just probably hyperinflated. I want, I wonder when it started. And it's interesting to know that you left in 2010 and it was just kind of liberal. It's not. Like yeah. That. I mean, it was, you could t- like any college town, like you could tell it's a college town. I'm yeah. like, all right. Yeah. He's got some kids that are out, you know? Um, and, you know, I was that same way at that age, you know, yeah. you're very, very, uh, idealistic and trying weird things. But I think Montana is very, uh, California now, I especially mean, those, those cities like that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, no knock against California, but y'all got a certain way of life over there. And it, it, it's, it's so culturally ingrained. Like we can, people that aren't from there yeah. be like, that seems very California ish, yeah. you know, which is no different than if a bunch of Texans were to come over to, you know, Pennsylvania, like y'all ain't from around here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and like, they were wearing like the, like the, the, the flood pants, like the guys were like, and it, like, yeah. it, and I, and I'm not like, it's funny. We were out enough. Cause we went to dinner. We walked like a, like a mile back to our car to see that there was just not anybody that would be like, Oh, they'd fit in in Texas. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was, it was all, and I, and not from a judgy perspective, it was just different. Yeah. It was very different. It's one of the things I like going to Austin for. I feel like I'm getting a change of scenery. Yeah. And I go there and I'm just like, man, you're ballsy for wearing those pants, guy. Yeah. But I mean, literally, I can see, see your, your balls. balls. Like, yeah. yeah, dude. Like, good for you. I don't have that confidence. Kudos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't have, and my thighs are real big, so yeah. it just doesn't work for me. Nuts, absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah like literally. Yeah, just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> ice so, nuts. You know? Nice. Exactly. Yeah, you had ice nuts. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, yeah. Ice nuts, truckers, whatever. Yeah. So then I went. Um, so then, totally. <laughs> so, what we, were we talking about? We were talking about the, po- yeah, why the, the podcast. Why you do the podcast? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so truth will set you free. So I continue to do it. We're on it. We took a hiatus in the beginning of the summer. So that was the name. Truth will truth, set you free. It was truth. Truth Tuesdays. Truth will set you okay. free. Tuesdays on Be the Change Network. Okay. That's how it started. I was trying to get investors and different stuff like that. Um, and now I'm partnering. I'm glad we're friends now yeah. because I don't know any of this shit. Yeah. I was trying to figure out. I'm like, I'm like I got a huge plan. I'm going to be the next Blaze. And it's not. Really <laughs> but um, you, need, you need to get you a Ben Shapiro. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, honestly, Cash Lee Kelly was it. And when, when he's out, it will hyperinflate. So he whatever. went, let me get this straight. He went to the January 6th stuff. Yeah. He stormed the Capitol type thing. We both were there. I didn't go in the building. He did. Smart man. I yeah. w- wouldn't recommend that. Oh, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty damn. Were you, did you, you were go? Close? Hell no, I didn't go. I didn't even know about that stuff. Truth about that. I don't that follow day. politics. Okay. I, I'm just that guy. I don't and follow. I, was, I don't watch the news. I am fucking jealous of you right now. If but... it's not on Netflix, I don't see it. Let's put it that way. No, I, I got, I don't know how I got to, I mean, to think I was an arts, like who would have thought that I would have gotten this invested in politics? This is not, it's always funny when people like when I do the radio stuff, like news analyst, a political analyst, I'm like, bitch, I went to art school. Like I literally, yeah. I, I graphic designed my way to whatever. Um, so we both went and I'm going to tell you that day was not what anybody thinks it is. And yes, there was some bad stuff that happened. Absolutely. There was people that pushed the envelope. I I was as close as you can get, and I didn't see any of the bad. I saw a couple of, no, I shouldn't say any. I didn't see what you saw on TV, but okay. everybody at home. Yeah, yeah. That five-minute loop from different angles of the building was all happening at the same time. We've come to the conclusion. There's also 17,000 hours that Cash has gotten to see in, in jail of police re- really starting the shit. One of the women, one of the people that died was trampled. She was originally, there's video that he has seen that none of us have seen yet because he has they have to see it for their court cases the cops beat her 
and she ended up getting trampled after she was already on the ground beaten. Oh, so, so they were trying to stop, keep her back, and then the crowd... and then yeah, okay, exactly. Now I heard okay, and this is coming. No, from you're good. Ignorance, but I had heard that um, some cops were like, "Yeah, I guess we got to let you guys through." Beyond that, really? Like, I mean, they I I fist bumped a cop. I was I was up on the lawn. I was pat. I was past where the barriers were that I did not know were there because they had been gone for so long. So I got from me to 35, 40 feet from the door. My girlfriend. Literally, was like, and she's she barrel racer. So. Yeah, probably That's, not a good idea. No, 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 no. Oh, she was like, let's go, let's go in, because people think there was nobody going in. There was thousands of people going in that building. So the fact there was only four hundred arrested is bullshit. They're picking and choosing who they wanted. Okay, people were going in and out of that building, and we were chilling. There was cops hanging out. I fist pumped the cop twenty feet away from that. Yeah, Every, it was it was the most patriotic. Fun day you could possibly imagine, and people look at me and be like, "You're a dick for saying that." You weren't there. Like I, rem- yeah. I remember a guy passing by me, going, "This is the greatest day of my life, except for when my kid was being born." No shit. Line out of a movie. Said it. Yeah. It was so much fun. I'm glad I went because I know that I have a specific memory of that day that will not be tainted by what the media portrayed it as. And when I got back to the hotel and we saw like the other side that had the like. People trying to go through. I did see one person banging on a piece of glass, trying to get in on a scaffolding, which I thought was very odd. He was dressed differently than everybody else. I do know, especially since I've gotten to talk to people in the jail for, through cash, there were some plants. There were some plants, but there were some Trumpers that were batshit crazy. That uh, were oh that, for sure right. But yeah. out of the out of the five hundred thousand people there that day, there was about. 400 500 that were a little bit nefarious and there was 100 that actually acted out and then there's a couple hundred people that nobody knows where the hell they went which is oh. interesting and we you also i mean starting with the ray epps conspiracy or yeah. whatever you want to call it the guy that worked for the fbi that's you know um no shit yeah there's so i mean much, there's so much me personally anytime i think of anything federal buildings like even as a cop i'm like no i don't fuck around with those like I, I see I'm, I'm a rule follower so yeah. i wouldn't have done much my girlfriend wanted to go in and, and like i said like we're right there and the reason we didn't go in because people were going in and out in and out like nothing and people are chilling it was it was not what it for not what you see on tv yeah except for that one little i guess window or whatever now what were the cops saying while you were there was anybody saying like yeah it's cool you guys can come in so for me what i saw was a cop just chilling yeah um giving fist bumps uh, yeah. to me and did several you other people. ask like are we allowed to go in no i didn't but i know cash and that like there was the group flagging people in saying go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead whether they were nobody's ever interviewed that cop from the video that moved the barricade and went go ahead go ahead nobody's ever found that guy i think that'd be yeah. a really interesting person to interview yeah for sure is um, he still alive if he is if you if he wasn't i heard I, some of those cops got have died since then it's interesting is that true mm-hmm um some of the cops, so yeah, the cop, <laughs> and I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm just telling you what I heard. The, I, this yeah. whole thing is kind of so crazy. So the cop that the one that that you can say died because of the incident, which Biden, well, not Biden, everybody on the left championed like they killed a police. This is the pro police party. They killed a police officer. Ugh. He got dinged, I guess, by a um, fire hydrant, and it wasn't that severe. But three days later, he died of a stroke, I believe. Oh. Could have been stress-related. But they deemed it in the autopsy 
a month later, unrelated. They were saying that he succumbed to his injuries from the Capitol. He had zero injuries from the Capitol. He got hit with a fire hydrant, had no injury from it except for like, ow. How the hell do you get hit by a fire hydrant? I don't know where they were grabbing shit from. Like, Holy I mean, the, I mean, the, the thing is, for an armed insurrection, they found I think like two two guns later on, yeah. and I found them. They found them in photos because mm-hmm. they like they were brandished slightly. So like, I don't think you can call it an armed insurrection. Armed, armed insurrection when a bunch of pro two A people showed up at a place without their guns. Yeah. So, um, th- and then some of the police officers that I'm finding out passed away after due to suicide were not necessarily police officers that ever spoke of how bad the day was, mm. which makes you think like Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to look at it. Like yeah, it's yeah. super weird. And I, and some of the people that are dying. So here's another fun fact. And I, I don't, I haven't talked about this yet on my stuff. I've been planning on it. Um, so cash, I talked to him quite a bit. I was actually kind of the conduit about the prison treatment, the January 6th prison treatment to like Newt Gingrich was hearing about it through cash, through me, through Julie Kelly, through and then to Newt. Like when they were in solid, like bad solitary confinement for a while. And these are a bunch of like cash, at least like had a criminal background from when he was younger. Did you get arrested at all? No, no, no. I I got questioned by the FBI. Okay. They came to my girlfriend's house and we ended up like going to lunch at heart eight with them. But that was pretty Oh, funny. nice. And I've recently reached back out to that FBI officer because he was, he was a good old boy. He yeah. Was, he was a good dude. And um, he's like, I can't do it anymore. He's getting close. He's like, I got to find a way out. And okay. Yeah. So he, they were good. I, I, everybody's like, you need to get a lawyer. I'm like, I'm a professional speaker. Like, not yeah. to sound like a dick, but I'm like, I'm not going to say anything that incriminates myself. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to get me like nervous and saying something stupid. Yeah. You know, uh, but the first funny, that funny thing is first question he asked me, he's like, so and it was two, two of them. So this be the change organization you have. Could this be deemed as a group that in, incites hate and violence? Like <laughs> the be the change group. Right. <laughs> like it's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you talking about? Uh, but we, we quickly moved past that. But yeah, the, the, the whole day is just not right. But the thing that I was going to mention with, with him is there's been a lot of the, people that have been jailed that have committed suicide or died of a heart attack. These people, the one, the most recent one that committed suicide was facing a six month sentence coming up six months. Mm -hmm. Not enough reason to commit suicide based on that. What was interesting about his case is any of these cases where people don't take the plea bargain means that during discovery, the footage that none of us can see, that 17,000 hours, some of the footage of the day that shows what happens with the police officers, the Capitol Police officers did, and what was going on where people were being let in in certain areas, more so get, would get publicized, would be able to be publicized. It's interesting that these are the people that are fighting it a little harder are all of a sudden dying. Really? Mm-hmm. No shit. Mm-hmm. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until about two weeks ago. And, there, and Cash wasn't the one that told me because he was like, it's on a recorded line. So yeah. he's very careful what he says. But his buddy came on and started explaining. And Cash goes, I've been wanting to tell you that, but I can't. I can't say it, but he can. Oh, shit. <laughs> the other guy's like loaded, like really wealthy. There's a guy that's worth millions of dollars and they're locked in with him. No matter how much money he has, he can't get out right now. And he's facing a bigger sentence because he did fight back against a police officer. Ooh. Yeah. That was a dumb move. Dumb move. Uh, his <laughs> reasons were interesting. He was one of the cops. The cops were undermanned, and I can tell you that. Like, the crowd The crowd was You calm. said 500,000 people? I, I If-ish? 
I would say anywhere from three hundred to five hundred thousand at the speech. At the actual capital, I would say thirty to fifty thousand. Okay, like that. Where that's a lot of people around a building, and yeah. it could, I would say that's about the accurate number. Yeah, because I I have photos going back that direction, and um, so cash. Uh, shit, what was I thinking of? Capital, people. I don't remember. You were trying to allude to like what you said he had fought with police and then what he had seen. Oh, well he, Oh yeah. So this guy specifically, he, um, uh, he got in a tussle with one of the police officers that was pushing a woman that was like going back and forth. And he's like, and he grabbed his baton or whatever it was. And he fought back against him. Mm -hmm. And then they got into like, they just got into a typical guy's fight, which isn't okay. I don't think that's ever okay with a police officer. Yeah. Um, but it was, that's apparently what happened, but he did end up hitting the guy with one of his equipment, I believe from what I understand. So it's, he's facing like seven years for it. Just think that that would happen during the BLM riots. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the situation going on with, the people at the Capitol, it's just, there's so many questions and it does. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HRH Combat Arms. They can turn your vision into reality. They specialize in gunsmithing and Cerakoting. Your Cerakote specialist is Air Force veteran and retired police sergeant Paul Ware, a.k.a. the Sarge. He can Cerakote your firearms, auto parts, tools, even your sports equipment. This veteran-owned business is located at 5025 Saunders Suite, 103, Fort Worth, Texas, 76119. You can call them at 682 and you can find them online at www.hrhcombatarms.com. That's www.hrhcombatarms.com. That does not make sense. What uh, What did Cash get? What was his? He hasn't. So this is this is even more fucked up. So he he's serving. If you want the, I'll give the, the the background. So he was a previous gangbanger. He was on. Uh, he he took a plea bargain or took a, took an agreement in 2017 COVID started when he was supposed to get sentenced for his gang stuff. Uh, he was the only one that didn't have a Rico on his case. So he, he was just, he was actually hoping to get out with community service and, and whatever. So the sentencing kept getting pushed. People started to see what he was doing. He started something called street lights. Street lights was his unity movement and working towards building a charity. He's got like nine kids. He loves having kids. Uh, it was always a goal in his life, which is interesting. But he um, he got permission as he started getting more into political speaking from his lawyer. His lawyer would talk to the parole officer, parole officer, probation officer. What would it be? Parole Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Would get them the right to go. He spoke in California with politicians. Spoke in different parts of the United States. He would get permission to leave, again, based on the conditions of his parole. I was... Like you to me, but with a screen in between us, we were taught we were about to start a live when we were waiting to see if we were going to be able to go to the Capitol. I think it's this weird setup. So his he's he's a weak target because of his background, his having a criminal record. There are certain people in this in this country that can speak to anyone. When it comes to race relations, black people that have a, a history have a more powerful voice, period. Because what are you going to tell a black dude? Be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. The David Harris's of the world, Officer Tatum's. Look at how powerful and loud Candace Owens, how powerful their voices are. They also have very clean records. Cash didn't. Mm. This is very weird. I was watching him in the face when he got the phone call, when the when his lawyer, his little meek, crap-ass, court-appointed lawyer, who had been given good to this point, said, yeah, Cash, you're allowed to go. You're good to go. And he goes, I'm good to go to D.C., the lawyer signed a 17-hour 
return where he was able to go to Texas and speak with me. And he had given the details. He was supposed to go to Texas, meet up with me, and then we were going to drive my RV over to D.C. Okay. And then come back in six days. He signed a 17-hour release just to go to Texas and back. Hmm. He had no idea. So Cash yeah. thought he was good to go. So we get out there, and again, then you they licked his chops, the fact that he uh, took the bait and went in. We were separate from each other at that point. The reason why we didn't go in, by the way, is we saw finally people leaving with, first off, there was Proud Boys coming out saying, nobody go in anymore. There's nobody to talk to. Their purpose was to yell at members of Congress or, or right. Senate to tell people. But they're like, there's nobody in there. And then all of a sudden we saw people with um, pepper spray in their eyes. And oh. I was like, Kelly, let's go. Let's, yeah. let's get out of here. Um, thankfully. Thankfully, it wasn't 20 minutes different. But he went in. He did the thing. He took a picture on a statue. Never broke anything. Not good. Not not okay. It's something that I can't condone, obviously, to, to do that and break the, the rules and sanctity of this country. So he got... It was in his main trial from that. They essentially... He was supposed to be getting um, probably community service, as I said. They ended up giving him four years, which is exactly what people that did not cooperate with law enforcement got that had Rico's got four years. Really? So they punished him for something that he had not been convicted of yet in D.C. So now fast forward to he's in the D.C. jail, which, as you know, jails are a lot worse than federal prison. He should be serving federal prison time. Right. He's been serving in D.C. He's been serving in the D.C. jail. So he gets out for a while. It was like solitary confinement shit. But he gets out one hour um, Every two days if they're not on lockdown. So it's been a really rough run for him in that jail. And and, and everybody else in there is people that have never broken the law. Like, yeah. think about, like, me and you. Well, I don't know if you've ever broken the law. You served the law. But, like... Like, like Flint, sir, but I can't speak I of anything. So I'm literally, I'm like, I think about somebody like me or 50, 60, 70 years old that's literally stuck in this place. So his maximum sentence for what he did in D.C., he's got the, he's the, the one that's in there for the longest... Sorry, he's the one that's in there for the least crime right now that's still left in there. He had a misdemeanor breaking and entering in a federal building, which serves a maximum of one year. He has been in the D.C. jail for 18 months. Okay, so he's over his year. And they, have, they keep pushing his trial. Oh, shit. So, so by the time he had... goes through, they're going to be like, time served. But yeah. he served more than the time he should have. Right, but they're, and they're, they're the prosecuting attorney, because I've listened in on the, the, the court cases, court stuff when they've postponed it he is fighting so that it's not concurrent with the other sentence so there's a chance he'll be out in february okay january there's a chance he'll be out a year later fuck stupid man it's crazy i just i just had a guy on that was wrongfully convicted for 23 years for murder didn't commit it is that that guy no that's not that guy okay no no this was the guy that was on joe rogan um oh yeah yeah. uh, Derek hamilton 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 yeah um Good dude, um, but the the impressive part impressive part with his was here he is facing a life sentence basically and in Rikers and jailhouse lawyers his way through and basically wins his own freedom mm-hmm. and his skill that he had took teaching himself the law in prison kept him safe in prison because that's a good pet to have. As they say yeah. in uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wouldn't have got that reference. That was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. That was good. So uh, he he was teaching himself the law, and then he started getting these other 
prison guys that were like, hey, this is what's going on with my case. What can you help me with? And like after that, he's a protected man. Yeah. Like, nobody would fuck with him, even though he's a big dude. Yeah. Um, uh, there was more to it. There was more. Yeah. And so um, just the fact that, like I said, the fact that he had to win his own shit, you know, 23 years. And now you got your guy. Um, yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, he, he fucked up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm lucky that he has kept his head about him. Yeah. Um, he's been working out. He's in good shape. Like his, he's actually gotten more center cause he was getting, he was, when him and I met, he didn't know where he stood politically. He just knew that he had a message and then he got, he got more conservative than I was more pro Trump. And now he's very, he, he's going, as long as he comes out in the next six months, his message is going to be super powerful, super middle ground, unified. Yeah. He, he even, he talked, he's read so much. He's like, I understand Antifa more. Like, I mean, the, the original faction of the anti-fascist movement take away what Antifa can't, can it came. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, there's a, there's a purpose behind all of it. And he's got a, he's, he's a brilliant dude. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking, looking forward to hopefully him getting out and us getting back to work. Well, but, when he gets out and all that and. Bring him in, and we'll talk about that experience will, on the I police will tell side. Him he's got to be your second podcast. Uh, well, he doesn't have to be the second. I'm not well, gonna... he's going to be down here in Texas. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. got to get permission to get down here. But no, yeah. it's it's a fascinating story. He had he, he still to this day. If you say his name in certain kind of like groups, it's so funny too. Like the forty to sixty five year old white women love him. Love him. Like that was his. That was his. That was his demographic. Demographic. <laughs> it's killer. So it's like. What the hell? Good for but him. He, you bring him up on like they were. I guess Ashley Babbitt's family has mm-hmm. been been outside the prison. So when they found out Cash was singing because he sings, he was singing down to them or yell whatever it was. The viewership <laughs> went from like seven people watching to like three hundred. That's hilarious. Just like that. He's a good singer then. Oh yeah, he can sing. He's nice. good. Talented dude. He's okay. just not tall. He's like five seven. But okay. He yeah. says he says he's much taller laying down. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. I can't claim that. Yeah, me neither. I think I get shorter and wider. That's yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's not my strong suit. Yeah. All right. So through that, yeah, so your podcast started with the second person is what you're telling me. It started with actually, it started with other people. Uh, my buddy Curtis and Aaron, and they they couldn't, as we got more political, they didn't want to associate Truth Tuesdays that way. So then it became cash and me and we like met other people and we kept doing different stuff. And now it's, uh, before we took the little hiatus, it was Casey cash was already gone at this point, point, uh, Casey, a woman by the name of SUNY blanks. Um, and then Mo, uh, Monique, uh, Peters who, or her handles, let's talk darling. She's super badass. I'm still going to continue to keep working with her. And then Casey, um, and then, yeah, we just kept doing these shows, and we had a lot of people from both sides having the conversation, and as time went, it just became more news-based, okay. which is why it didn't fit the Be the Change mold, because it was like, we would bring up media topics, and then less and less people on the left were willing to come on. Yeah. And we, were, and we weren't mean to people at all. We're like, hear yeah. it out. And and I always disagree with the whole, like, and that's why Suni and I got in some fights, because Suni would be like... <sighs> I'm like, you're on camera. Like, no, having a conversation with an adult, be like, I disagree because. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind an emotional, like, I, like sometimes I welcome it. Like mm-hmm. you're obviously emotionally invested into this. Part. Yeah. Let's explore that. But, um, you can't once in a while. Yeah. But when once it's like in a while. every yeah, time yeah. somebody has a dissenting opinion, like, so we're, we're going to rebrand it with the, uh, 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 great American syndicate crew with Barb and Dave Allen, uh, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. They are the ones that did great American summit out here. And, um, I think we're going to make it a shorter show and that's how it is. And then lastly, to finally end 
the the longest question in history, uh, the longest answer in history, That's I fine. should say. Um, I like elaborate. <laughs> so I I I had the blunt force logic rants okay. uh, that I was doing, and I was, and then I stopped doing them for a while, and I'm like, all right, I want to do a show. I've I've been doing interviews with people for a long time. I really think I'm good at interviewing. So I want to do a one-on-one. I want it in person. Um, Jeff Crilly out of Dallas, uh, he's an ex, ex, uh, um, news guy started a PR firm and we talked for a while and he's like, do a podcast. I'll help you with PR. I'll get you on the radio stations. And I branded blunt force discussion, plain and simple. And then okay. I, I've had, I've been blessed. My first guest was Chad, um, I don't even know how that happened. I, I met him at one of his campaign events. We resonated with each other. I got on his show a little bit after. Um, I've had, in, in a matter of 11 episodes with a very minimal following, I've managed to have Prather, Shemaine Nugent, Officer Tatum, Officer Mattingly from the Breonna Taylor situation, Dr. Brian Artis, who's huge in that kind of conspiracy medical community, Tony Van Schoik, who's the third in charge of Monate, which is a third in the line, I guess, uh, which is a network mark, like a $2.3 billion network marketing company. Wow. Um, Jera kind of a badass herself, obviously. Um, yeah, just great. Like I've been yeah, lucky to yeah, have yeah, that yeah. for the first 11 episodes. And then of course, um, Jordan, the one that his wife was, is the influencer. Yeah. So, yeah. and I handled it well. So she said, I got to get monetized before this happens. Cause she, uh, she's like, she's, she's been on good morning America and they trashed her. Like they cut the, clips and whatever oh no which made her look even worse it was her like pr apology move and she had some stuff that was deemed a scam from her fitness industry stuff her Mm. nothing cost over 300 dollars. yes i don't agree with people scamming people right but it's not they just it wasn't they received something they just didn't like it enough and she's just deemed this horrible person they're ultra christian people now specifically and that's her brand and she has now said that as soon as she is able to speak on the case, because there's a uh, um, district attorney, like the big case against her, what is that called in the area? Like a grand jury? Grand, not a grand jury. When the actual invest, when the actual, why am I drawing a blank on indictment. the word? There's an indictment on her, like talking about stuff, but it's from generated from the state. I don't know. I don't know. Attorney, <laughs> the attorney general. Attorney general. Oh, yeah. So oh, she, shit. So, yeah. So oh. she got a journey. So as soon as it's yeah, said that's and done. Why I don't know. That's yeah, out of my that's, realm. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as the attorney general's case is over, she's like, you're because of the way you treated my husband, which was fair because he was a police officer. I've had a lot of police officers, obviously, as you can see. So three police officers out of 11 shows. You treated him well. She's like, I'm going to I'm not going to go to the media. I'm going to do my first show with you. Nice. I'm like, shit. I need, yeah. I need to be monetized for that because she's got a lot of haters. She's got a lot yeah. of supporters, a lot of haters. So it'll be an interesting, interesting episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. I, I'm glad you brought up the topic of just having police officers on because obviously that's my wheelhouse. I can get all the officers on I want. And I've got just in my department alone, I've mm-hmm. got just some of the most interesting people that I like if I could mold <laughs> America's police force after where I'm at, yeah, that is, it, we all have our problems. Even my own department, we have our problems. But it's humans. Yes, it is. But holy shit, when when I say a department's got it right, where I'm at, we've got it right. And I think, yes, there's things we we can improve on, and I think we are trying to, which is all I can ask. Yeah, like they at least acknowledge that we need to improve here, and we'll get there eventually. But, um, man, uh, some of the, the, the officers that I've seen or that I've tried to get on that are prominent names, I cannot believe the responses I'm hearing. I can't believe it. 
I'm like, who negative? The f- who the fuck are you? Like, yeah. Oh, from the police officers? Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Like, I'm, I'm asking you to come on to give a perspective to help. Yeah. Help. Like, that's what you signed up for, dude. Like, do, you know, do you know Drew Breesy? Drew Bre- I know Drew Brees. <laughs> not, the, not the NFL player. No, it was Drew Breesy. Breesy. He's, um, he was actually the last episode we had of Truth Will Set You Free. Um, police officer speaking on behalf of the Uvalde police um, in terms of, you know, Oh yeah, the don't human, forget video yeah. games and shit. Yeah, human. Yeah, the human, the human aspect of it. But and two of our hosts, uh, Kevin and Suni, just went so hard on him, and I thought it was specifically Kevin, and he's just providing a point. And anyways, he is well known. He's got a, a whole organization for police officers, not local, okay, but good dude, like okay. really good dude. And he's got a good following too. Nice. Um, his, his organization. I'll look it up before we're, when we're done. But he's a good guy, and he's 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 a guy that he just. All he wants to do is analyze, like like you said, yeah. like come on and be like, let's break this down and look at it logically. Like this cop yeah. screwed up, or this cop didn't screw up because, like, to the untrained eye, yeah. a lot of times people will go, "That cop, they see too many movies that think that it's like a damn movie, and it's yeah, yeah. not." Shoot like him in that. the leg, like, dude. Yeah. I can't hardly shoot a target when I'm being timed. Like, <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I can shoot a target pretty good. Yeah, but but like when yeah. things are moving in the situation, it's just it's yeah. different. And I, and people forget that you know on a bad day, a, a chef doesn't cook the risotto enough when things are going wrong in his personal life and cops are human beings. Yeah. And if things are going on in your personal life, maybe you're three split second behind three yeah. tenths of a second. And it makes a huge, a yeah. huge issue. And we can talk on Uvalde a little bit. I've done it already. Um, as soon as it happened, I got a, a school resource officer, one mm-hmm. that does the, the, for the area that I work. Um, Cause I think the way our school re- resource officers do the job is very good. I mean, the mold. Yeah. Because they don't just show up to school every day and just go, okay, well, this is today's work again. Yeah. They are like, they vary what school they go to. They constantly move. There's, you cannot predict their movements as far as like where that officer is going to be that day. Right. That's intentional. Yeah. And that's smart. That's how it should be because who knows? The people that are trying to take advantage of that cop are the ones that are in that building for the most part. Yeah. Obviously, Evaldi was a, a weird one, but, um, so, They've got that. Um, they they investigate social media. Like, that's what they do. When yeah. you're like, what the fuck does that cop do all day at that school? That's what he's looking at. Yeah. Now, he's, he's making relationships with the kids. That's great during lunchtime, whatever it is. But while they're in class and he's not, you know, walking the hallways or checking lockers or whatever, he's looking at social media. Really? She. That's what no they're kidding. supposed to be doing. Because that. that is, I mean, I deal with the worst of the worst all the time. Like, that's my job as a detective. I'm constantly dealing with shitheads that steal stuff, break into stuff, hurt people, all that crap. And guess what? The majority of these guys, they're, you know, 17 to 25 years old, and they like to share their crimes on social media. So for me, I catch that stuff on social media all the time. Now take a 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid. That's their life. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't looking into social media already, as one of the discussions we had, if you're not looking at social media as a school resource officer, you're not doing your you're job. Not doing your job. No. And so we had that discussion. He tells me the training that they go through. Not only are they doing that, they're alert trained. And I don't right. know if you've seen alert yet, but alert training is basically learning how to respond to active shooters primarily in schools because of Columbine. Um, and so you're using 
real guns. They look like real guns, mm-hmm. but they shoot paint rounds. Okay. So it's the same type of weapon that you'd use. And like, if I were to show up for alert training, I would do it in a school, right? Like we'd go use that actual school that I would may respond to one day. Right. And it, there's certain areas that are closed off and it's summertime. The kids aren't there or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But, uh, uh, you go through and you learn hard lessons sometimes, you know, you get shot the shit up with yeah. these paint rounds and they fucking, fucking hurt. hurt. But, um, it's alert training is very awesome. It's one of the best things you can do. And it's about as close to real as you, we can currently get, you yeah. know? So I do that training and I'm certified that I've taken alert training. Yeah. Our SROs are trainers. They teach the stuff. So that is another level. That is how it should be, yeah. in my opinion. So you get all this training. What I meant to say through all of this is despite all that training and doing that stuff, if you've never been next to an AR or a AK, a 762 round or a 223, 556, whatever you want to call it, if you've never been standing, just somebody that's shooting down at a range and been right next to it yeah, and felt the concussion that comes out of that weapon. Yeah. I don't care how much training you've had. We all have an idea in our head. Like, this is how I'm going to respond. I'm going to rush in. I'm fuck that. I'm just kids lives at the line. Our body have this weird physiological response to the concussion of rifle fire coming at us. Any concussion. Think about the big ass lightning bolt that goes off or thunder. Right. You just like it. Yeah. You have no control. Like, it just fucks you up for a second. Yeah. Now imagine that and knowing that, those rounds are coming at you. Like, I don't care how much you train until you've been in the shit. You don't know how you're going to respond. Until you get all, punched in the face. You yeah, don't know exactly. Yeah. The Mike Tyson approach to it. Um, and, and anybody that's been in the shit, like really been in the, 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 the bad end of some stuff can, yeah. can speak on that. And that's one of the things that really bothers me about the Uvalde thing. Yes. I, universally. I agree. It was, they screwed up. Yeah. Do I think it was intentional? People are getting on the guy for sanitizing his hands. That was a nervous twitch, in my opinion. Well, you know who he was. He was the only guy that actually had any active shooter experience, and he was awarded something uh, in the previous one because he one-on-one took on an active shooter in a previous situation. He was kind of a badass. I didn't know that. So fun fact about him, he was that day, I think he did have a firearm on him, mm-hmm. but he showed up uh, because after the, fact. Uh, after the fact and his ju- he was triage. Oh, so, okay, so he was going to come in. So he was cleaning oh, his sanitizing. He was sanitizing. Oh. I, I'm not going to lie. I talk shit too. The first time I saw, yeah. the first time I'm like, this, what the fuck's this guy this doing? This fucking guy's getting, he's worried about COVID. Yeah. Turns out that was right when the shooting was started, like when they were actually exchanging gunfire and he was prepared to go in that room, not knowing what he was about to see. Yeah. And he, and we, again, we see, and I made the mistake. We see this 30 second clip of a guy and we think that this speaks for the event and this, this human being that again has stepped up in the line of duty and been the one-on-one. And then you still, and I had people argue with me, I don't care if that was his job that day. Any real man should have grabbed their gun and gone in that room. I'm like, you don't, you would have created absolute fucking chaos. If that was, yeah, everybody, let's just, yeah. And it's an unfortunate thing because I do think Ariando screwed up, but this is, and, and as much as I don't like kind of the way he presented everything himself and the situation and how he failed, this is the guy that's never been in control of more than four or five police officers at a right. time. And, and all of a sudden he had 400 yeah. there. Yeah. And that's another thing that I was going to bring up is like, I am fortunate 
I work in a city that a robbery happens every day. And mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. It happens every day, multiple yeah. times a day. It's happened 13 times since we've been on this show. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, shootings every day. Like it, this shit happens constantly mm-hmm. where I am at. My guys that I work with and girls, love my ladies. Uh, yeah. uh, we, we see this shit so often. Now we're talking a population of 1.2 million ish. Mm-hmm. Give or take. What's Uvalde? I mean, 15,000 for the whole place and the amount right. of crime they actually have is minimal right. at best. Yeah. So you get once a year, let's say you get active shooter training. How often are you practicing that? Never. You're not. You're not. Yeah. How are you? Uh, there's this whole desensitization, uh, desensitization phase. That's a whiskey. Uh, I can't get it out. Um, you, you don't, you don't, become cal i don't want to say cows you just don't you don't develop that experience level because yeah. the worst thing you're really facing in a population of fifteen thousand, let's face it is you know domestic mar- yeah domestic margaret yeah. left her fucking trash can on my side yeah. of the driveway that's it yeah no and it's not a knock on you that's just what it is it yeah. is what it is that's the city how many calls are they getting in a year that's one of the things you could look at and yeah. when you break it down that way and you get pissed off because, oh, you guys just had active shooter training. Like, you don't understand. What was the actual budget line item? I think it was like $8,000 for their whole, all of their training for the year. Right. Like, ex- that includes active shooter. That includes new yeah. up. I mean, they don't. Yeah. And they, smaller departments, actually, if they if they have a grant person that's on top of their game, like, yeah. they get some really good training and keep it the budget really low. So, you got these guys running in or trying to handle a situation that they just... I don't care what training you've had. If you're not exposed to the worst of the worst all the time, it it clouds things. Right. And, and, and when it comes to real-time fog of war decisions, because that's what that is, yeah. they're not ready. And now you've got inter-agencies. That now you've got no idea to communicate. Yeah. It's like, bring, let's bring the Packers to play with the Cowboys. You guys are all right. You guys are on the same team. Let's see yeah. what happens. There yeah. are so many things. And, again, everybody jumps to the conclusion that they're mad that kids were they didn't do their job and, and yeah. we see this they released the hour footage which i think was cruel to the parents and it leads people to the emotional response that more could have been done yeah of course more sure. you can't play armchair Hindsight's a motherfucker. and then and that's funny because i do a lot of my shows in stevenville when i do stuff i do it from the the university their library and you forget we all forget this Yes, the door may have been open. We'll never know. They no right. matter because you don't because they unlocked it. So you, to anybody going, we'll find out. We're going to find out. No, you'll never find out because they unlocked it. So yeah, you don't know if it was unlocked or not. So say it was locked. We forget how steel reinforced those doors are. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to kick the. And they're also made to only open out in. I can't probably remember. out. I would say out. Yeah, they're yeah. only made to open out, which means yeah, you, they're only made to open out for so, the specific. Yeah. If you're going to kick it, you're going to have to kick it in half. Right, and I when I <laughs> talked to Tatum, he explained with the steel reinforcement in the door, they they in a place like Dallas or wherever that you're going to have the ballistics to uh, to do, it's like a flashbang type type yeah. system to break it. In Uvalde, it took them 40 minutes to get something to do that. And people are like, why didn't they ram the door? It w- it could not happen. Yeah, they couldn't. They could have opened it if it was unlocked. They could have opened it, but you don't know that, and you're getting fired at. And people talk about. And Jared and I disagreed a little bit about on the um, the window. The window there's blinds there. So they why didn't they bust in the window? So oh, the, I didn't know. So the blinds were covered. Okay. Um. So you can't see what's going on there. 
So again, everybody's like, but there's one shooter. There was this. Can you imagine if a police officer busts window and more shots are fired and somehow he shoots and kills a kid? Yeah. It's a no win. It's a no win situation. It doesn't matter which way you go. No. And it is what it is. Uh, We can't change it now. Um, The beautiful thing about tragedies is learning from them and trying to prevent. I mean, we learned a lot from Columbine. One of the things we learned was get the fuck in there. You can't yeah. set up a perimeter, wait for SWAT to get there, and then go handle. Because that was the standard before yeah. then. Like, and, and now active shooter training is like, dude, you may be in your underwear and happen to be driving by, and then the active shooter starts. So, well, guess what? You're the guy that goes in. Got to do it. Got to do it. Hopefully you got a gun. No, no you, you got to have a gun. But right, yeah. exactly. Otherwise you're in deep shit. Yeah, but that that's how, that's how that shit goes. So, yeah, but... In the Uvalde thing, you wanted to bring up uh, video yeah, games so, and shooting. So, so tops, top shooter and Uvalde. Uh, and we talked about this on the show quite a bit. Um, and I also forgot one of the reasons I'm a big police supporter also. And even growing up, my aunt, uh, her husband was a police officer. That's kind of how it started. And then like, okay, and I never met him. He, he, was, uh, he was moonlighting, working for the school. He was working for the schools back in Jersey at the time. And he, there was a faulty railroad crossing and he ended up getting killed by a train oh so it's shit. technically considered serving in the line of duty because he was working that event yeah, yeah. he was on his way home so i've always just i i just i always like to remember that these are human beings mm-hmm. no matter what mistakes they make so i do i'm the unfortunate one where people will yell at me it's like you think cops can't do wrong i'm like i've reported cops before but i do give them i i will give them the benefit of the doubt ahead of the civilian, unfortunately, let me, to start. Let me address something while yeah. you're, you're bringing that up. For all the people that they get pissed off because they don't think cops get held accountable. At my place of employment alone, and guess if you're a first-time listener, I don't mention where I work. This has to be separate. But um, we have already had probably four or five people that have been charged and fired from our department. For wrongdoing, mm-hmm. keeping our people in check. You don't hear about that. Why? No. Because it ain't fucking sexy. It's uh, cops doing what they're supposed to do. And why would you? It's not, it's not resp- like, in, do you hear of every Tom, Dick, Harry, and Carol to get fired from their right. job? Like, right. It's not, it, it's not, if it bleeds, it leads. It, they don't give huh. a shit. They don't, nobody cares about us holding another cop accountable because we do it constantly. Constantly. And, they don't get that. And so it, or I shouldn't say they don't get that. They don't see that. And that's, that's one of the issues that I have today is like, um, like me personally, I, I will text. I have a couple family members back home. They're like, oh, cops are never held accountable. And every time the within my is. own agency that something happens, I'm like, check this out, check this out. And like, well, your department's good, but and I'm like, no. I like to think that most are still pretty decent, especially now that I've gotten to talk to more cops. A lot of them are accountable, start holding yeah. their people accountable. The thin blue line is getting thinner and thinner, which honestly, I think there is there is some reason for the the thin blue line. There's occasions where shit went awry. It's middle of the night. Like you have to be a little bit careful. You're doing the best you can think about somebody that's whole livelihood and life is based off of a mistake because it's dark and somebody is breaking the law already Yeah, and they have to do the best they can to to piece it together. So let me give you an example. And I've done this several times on my podcast, but um, maybe it'll give you some insight Mm -hmm. uh, when you do some other podcasts with cops, the thin blue line to me, it's not where the, where the line between evil and good. 
Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's very polarizing. It's us first them. I, I just, I don't, it doesn't resonate well with me. I don't like that message. What it is to me is if I was Joe Blow citizen that worked at a cubicle somewhere, you know, think office space, whatever you want to think. Yeah. And somebody dies on uh, from, from where I work. We're going to have a luncheon, you know, if I'm a good friend to him uh, at work, you know, maybe I'll stay in contact with the wife for about a year or whatever yeah. it takes. And, you know, maybe two, three years down the road, it fades away. Yeah. Okay. And that's a best case I think scenario. you're being generous. I'm yeah, being yeah. very generous. But when it comes to the thin blue line, and it doesn't stop with police, it's firefighters, it's first responders in general. Yeah. If I go down, my two daughters, they're going to have... At minimum, three to five dudes lined up to make sure when they go to prom, somebody's here to show them to keep boyfriend in check. When they get married, they're going to be given away by five, six different dudes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Or or girls. I I hate to be exclusive on that. But um, that is the thin blue line. For the rest of their lives... They one, my memory is going to be there for them. It's not for me. I don't give yeah. a shit. I'll be gone, whatever. But it's it's about them. It's the survivors and my wife. And they're going to be taken care of. Everything they need. Shit. Should probably marry one of my friends. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's a typical cop thing. I don't give a shit. I'll be gone. Yeah. I just want to be it's taken a care of. Thing it too, is right? a military thing. Yeah. Uh and, and all my people they're probably laughing like oh, Levine shut the fuck up and so but they're taking care of for life right. that is the thin blue line that is the difference like that and is that's what, how I understand it that's as the well. way I look at it there's and, people that look at it as the thin blue line of secrecy which I think is bullshit yeah yeah I don't think it's necessarily bullshit either I think that's there I do think that that okay so I'll give you oh a, no I, I know it's there I'm saying I think it's a bullshit like uh, explanation that that's what the blue line only means right, right, and, right. And, and one of the things that I think you can use for your show in the future is like this is another portion of it is um, where is that us versus them higher is it's, it's typically in cities where they don't support their police mm-hmm. when you don't support your cops one of the things that you start to create is a more of us first them. Police are going to be less and less likely to hold each other accountable for not necessarily breaking the law, but policy issues or things of that nature. And then when that slope starts to go, it's a slippery slope. Right. And and then what shit's being covered up? Because yeah. at the end of the day, your lives depend on each other in the worst case scenarios. So that's what you're going to get. And places like Chicago, I really worry about that. I know police officers. Up right. There. Look yeah. what happened in New Orleans. We're talking late 80s, early 90s. You know, they had cops that were working with the gangs. But why? They weren't supported. They weren't getting paid. They weren't. There's all these different factors. So, right. Right, wrong, and different. Like, these are things you have to be cognizant about to avoid them from happening. It's happened. Right. Don't let history repeat itself. Exactly. Versus, like, a place where I come from where... The citizens where I'm at, this is very interesting uh, to me anyway, they vote every four or five years for this um, this fund, okay? And the fund is a half-cent tax that goes directly to police. Mm-hmm. So no matter what tax, a half-cent of whatever comes in through the city goes to us. We nice. make 24 $36 million, somewhere in between that. goes to our patrol cars, goes to all that. Citizens vote every four or five years, right? Mm-hmm. So. They vote in the percentages like in the 80, 90 percentile. Mm -hmm. What is that? That's a thermometer. That tells us we're doing the right thing. We are doing what they want us to do. If that 
vote dips down into the 50s and the 60s, we're fucking up. We yeah. got to communicate. We have to talk. How do we fix this? What are we doing wrong? Why is our vote getting that low? Because we need that money anyway, and we do a better job when we have that money, and we know we're supported. The morale boost, the everything. Like I, Cops will hold cops more accountable because of that. That, of course, because they they want to, the citizens are supporting you. Like, yeah, you, I don't want to become what Chicago is. Right, fuck Which, that. I, I have a question because, and I I don't know the answer, but I just know, and I don't know if you're even allowed to talk about it. In in Dallas, obviously, from a onlooker perspective, uh, Police Chief Brown was very well respected by the civilians. I've heard very different from police officers. The guy that that. Made the decision. Brown? Yeah, Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So my understanding is he was um not well received. I know that's what yeah. I've gotten to. And mm-hmm. I heard and, and and remember now he's in charge of Chicago, which that city yes. has gone to complete shit. Yes. Not maybe because of him, but yes. he's lost respect of his police officers and all that. So yeah. why was he did I mean he in, in the media in Dallas, he was a hero. Yeah. Well that decision making was unprecedented. What he did, the the, the whole Cell phone bomb thing with yeah. the with the drone or right. not drone the robot yeah like that stuff cops have always joked about their whole lives like that is like a we're just sending a fucking bot with a yeah bomb you know like that's how you end that type of situation and then here we go it fucking happens in real life and yeah. even cops that probably just did not like him that worked for him we're like all right he's an asshole but respect. Like yeah. that was legit. Like that's what needed to happen. Got it. And when you start to break down that case and actually hear what this guy was like, that guy was not going to come out like without killing more cops. Yeah. He wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. So he really didn't have a choice. Like that's, that's, that was the only way to end that. And that guy made that very clear. He made the decision for himself. Yeah. Um, so I lived across from the police station. I was right on Bellevue yeah. in Dallas. So Dude, I, that's insane. I was, I was, everybody's like, go inside. And I'm like, I'm on my legal property and I had a camera just in case shit went down. Cause they originally thought that he was coming back to the police station. I think the next morning oh. before they got him. Okay. So it's like, there was bomb teams and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. My whole building was not allowed to leave. They're on alert there or whatever. And I'm just standing outside. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I can't like, obviously I didn't work for the guy. I can't speak on it, but, um, I do know that the tone, just like you said, from what I know from other Dallas officers was like, they didn't like it. He was like not, him. he was not well supported by his police. So because, they supported him on that event, but not necessarily yes, yeah. as a police chief. They thought he was a dick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it you know. That's common. That happens. You know, you're not always going to support. Um, my big thing is like, I don't care. Just like the president. I don't, I don't have to care for who's in office, Yeah. but I sure as fuck ain't going to wish that he fails. Right. Like, no, I don't hate, wish that. Yeah. I hate that. I, I just got in a debate. I, I barely, I very rarely let myself get drawn into an online debate. Yeah. Um, I, that's where trouble. I really listen to Rogan on that shit. Like, why do you, you know, what does he say? Post and ghost. Yeah. Post like, and like smart. Yeah. It's a smart strategy, but somebody had said something and, uh, I was just like, let it go, Levine. Let it go. Let it go. Well, let's just put this little tidbit in there. Maybe it'll change his mind. And then I put something in there and it didn't fucking work. And no. we got into it. And I'm just like, dude, like, I, 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 oh, I, I don't even want to. It's There's gonna, a power in engaging me once off. in a while, though. There um, is. Because you learn. Yeah, you learn more from people that disagree with you than the people that agree with you just on knowing the like psyche. 
just yeah. like just like you know as a police officer you're going to learn more about criminals from other criminals so it's actually you know especially in the podcasting world or like spreading of information world sometimes as long as you don't let it get to you yeah. it's good to have the disagreements and the arguments absolutely yeah 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 i love that and like we were talking about earlier, trying to get people from the uh, opposite side for you would be the extreme lefts. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just people that are on the other side of the criminal justice system. Yeah. Um, community like I, you've probably gotten this way worse than I ever have. Um, I just recently got my first real trolls and they were black Panther party. So I was like, I, you know, I see the shit, you know, F12, fuck pigs, died at all. They're just saying that shit. And ACAP. I'm, yeah. And I'm like, um, and I was late in the game. Like, I was at work, so I didn't see any of this shit. And then I get on, I'm checking the social media posts, and I see, you know, the majority of my people are cops anyway. And they yeah. just, fuck, you know, just talking shit to all of them. And I'm like, hmm. they're like, you need to kick these, like, block these guys. That's not me. I'm not, I'm not blocking anybody. Yeah. Like, unless you're on there trying to get people physically hurt. Right. I'm not blocking you. Like, I got on there and I was like, hey, I would love for you to be on the show. Like, that, I would, I, and it's genuine. I would yeah. love for that. Like, obviously the cops did you wrong somewhere. Let's talk about it. How, if if we could ever fix the problem, like, now's the time. Because yeah. this is, this these are the people, 90% of the people on my audience are exactly who you need to address so right let's get you on well what i learned was that's how you silence them i'm not trying to silence them oh, you're trying to you invite them on but i invited them on. them on i don't think they expected that because they just stopped yeah they just i mean abruptly just quit they didn't even try anymore i right? wish we and, have some trolls that just keep going and i actually sent more messages i was like hey i'm not being like please watch my shows i'm not a di disingenuous person i yeah. really mean it like i would love for you to be on let's talk about it let's figure it out and then nothing I've got an Antifa guy that wants to do a digital, and I'm excited. He's not a troll, though. Okay. It's like the, the trolls, you're right. They probably go away. I've got one that's like a weird stalker that used to work for me back when I had my staffing agency. Same Shane. Um, <laughs> Throwing him out there. I, I would, I'd love to put his whole name. But the thing is, nobody would know. He's, he's now on his ninth Facebook account. Every about three to four months, he pops up. It started out with, like, harassment. What happened was he used to work for me, good, good independent contractor, and then he was a straight guy, and then he was a gay guy, and then he got raped by other male employees, not working for me, but f while he was with another company. Holy shit. And I, I guess he started communicating with me right when I started Be The Change. No, before then. It was when it was identity marketing. And he was like, you're well known in the industry. Everybody respects you. I need your help. I was like, you're already a little odd about a year ago. There was a complaint made about him with another guy. What do you need? He explained it to me. And he's like, I need you to, if you think that you're, you know, you have the power or whatever, you need to speak up. And I was like, I can't corroborate your story. I don't know those people and I can't, I can't help. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And he jumped into that, that night, that conversation back and forth on Facebook messenger. Finally, he said, um, it's like, I hope you're, uh, I had a newborn, like my daughter was like a year. He's like, I hope your daughter gets raped the way I was. I was like, this conversation's over. Oh man. We're done. We're yeah. done talking. Yeah. And then every six months it pops up. It started out with you are X, Y, Z bad dude. And then it went, it was just very basic. And then it went from you take advantage of your staff. I'm like, 
Okay. And then it was, you've raped your staff. I'm like, oh God. Now the latest one about four or five months ago, where he was also physically like, he lives in Chicago. Um, he was saying that I needed to have a gun held to my head, which is like, you're pushing the envelope now, buddy. He's like, I hope somebody, I hope you go into a public event and you get shot, which I'm like, he lives, he's already got a record. He's got a whole thing called diary of a felon because he slipped out of the cracks. So he's a little sketchy, a little scary there. But now his biggest thing that he tell, he'll pop on to conversations, events that I'm about to like speak at or something like that. And be like, I hope you know, you're, um, you're hiring a child sex trafficker. He's a pedophile. I'm like, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Oh, this is so frustrating. <laughs> Jesus, dude. So that's a bad one. So that's my stalker. And then, then there's the trolls that pop in all the time. Yeah. That's a guy named Gully. Gully. Does he go by Grant Grant Gully or something? It's not his real name. It's his like YouTube name. His alias. Yeah. Shit, yeah. No Look matter. We invite the crap out of them. Yeah. And they, they don't stop talking. No shit. Huh. Well, that's what happens when you're big time. I'm, I'm not. I'm not big time. I'm so. far from big time. <laughs> Back to that. So I can yes. remember. Um, so we've had the conversation with uh, regarding. So like you saw the top. Did you, you know what happened at the top shooting, obviously, in, in wherever, New York, Buffalo, New York, right? Tops uh, grocery store shooting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get the chance, the chance to see the footage bef- before it got taken down? Of Unfortunately. Yeah. To me, that looked like a first person shooter game. Oh, for sure. There was even a moment in it where it looked like he went off screen and like, you know how you reload on a lot of those yeah, yeah, games? Yeah. And it started the, the conversation, um, and he handled his firearm far better than the kid in Uvalde. The kid in Uvalde, or the guy yeah. in Uvalde, looked, he didn't know what he was doing, but he just, you know, you get in a closed room, it's not pleasant no matter how you do it. Yeah. The other guy knew what he was doing yeah known video game player do you think because of all the first person video games and i as somebody that is more of a libertarian i don't want to put my hands in in the pot do you think video games in kids that are already very mentally ill are something that's that's a problem i don't know that the video games itself are a problem do i think it's a possible tool to enhance a skill set that you don't want them to have. Fuck yeah. Yeah. We use them as a military. We we use them as police. We play video games in a sense uh, to train. It helps you train and it also desensitizes a bit so that when you're in that situation, it doesn't feel out of the normal, right? I, I can't speak on that. Um, my argument would be I've played violent video games my whole life. It doesn't mean that... When I get into it with somebody on the streets, you know, uh, that it doesn't like, I'm like numb to it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm still very much. I mean, I've had guys that, uh, specifically one dude I had to tase, you know, as he's you know, we've got a foot chase and I I get him and I go to tase him and he just decides to zigzag to the left. And that was the bad way to go because now he's over cement versus being on grass and tase him and he ends up landing on his face and knocking himself unconscious, fracturing his face. I mean, it was bad for him. Yeah. Um, but at the same time for me, I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I felt genuinely bad. Like, but it's, he made that decision. He put me in that position. I didn't make that, but as much as I've played war games, as much as I've played video games growing up that were violent in nature, Mortal Kombat and all yeah. these different things, uh, CS goes another one that I play. Like it didn't. I wouldn't say it desensitized me in a sense of like not feeling. Rem- I don't want to say remorse, but I felt compassion for him. Of course, you know, 
Uh, I felt but you're a rational adult. Yes, and I am an adult. But I was a kid that played those things into adulthood. I am in a weird window. I Do agree. I think it's possible on the extreme level for somebody that already has mental issues? Yeah. Yes. And I think the games are different. Like, I grew up with Mortal Kombat yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely different. The, the games now are so fucking They're realistic. realistic. And absolutely. It, and, and I just, I, I think, and, and I think it's different, and I agree with you. Like, if you're a normal, rational human being, like, it's the same thing that I have issues with certain drugs. Like, I don't, I'm not on the school that thinks that marijuana should be legalized. I'm not. I think it should be decriminalized and and used for medicinal purposes i think there's some great stuff that can be used with cannabis but i don't think every individual is responsible enough with drugs same concept with video games unfortunately i feel like there's people that are just mentally ill that this hyper accelerates it people keep saying what are the what what's the difference because there we do we we have a we have a crime problem period but there is a school shooting uptick can't say that it's not. I don't think that there's yeah. this massive issue in this country. I mean, if you, the worst case you put together all the deaths, it still doesn't equal a month in Chicago. And let me let me hit one point before you keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. One of the reasons I think that is is because we keep put, we 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 fucking put these people on a platform. That's a problem. Truth. Social media, media, whatever you want to call it, they could we put their names out there. We put their whole family out there. We talk about where they grew up, where the school. That, quit. Do follow some of the suits that the other countries do. They yeah. don't say who they are. They don't give them they the dignity. Use the words. They don't even use their name. They're like, all they talk about is the victims, the families, and that's it. I think so, if we did that, I think that would lower. Because it demonizes the kid, the person, to us, yeah. but to the sick people, it idol- it makes them idolize them. Right. So, yeah, so you, you, you mix everything together. To me, you combine the video games mixed with... Um, just, we, we're, we're disassociative in terms of parenting. We, we, we don't, mm-hmm. we are the moral, there's a moral decline. You can't say that there's not, I mean, God, look at Roanoke mm-hmm. a couple days ago and mm-hmm. the dancers and the kids, like you can't look that there's just a difference. So you combine the video games with mental illness, hyper inflate it with COVID and lockdowns on kids and mm-hmm. not being this engaged. Thing. Yep. It's another absolutely social. And I think then you take it to the next level, which is a desensitization with the video games. And I and I never thought as, you know, just about to turn 40. Somebody that grew up playing Ninja Turtles, you were like. (laughs) I never thought there'd be a day where I'd be like, these video video games are a problem. But again, I think it's different. I mean, they're so fucking realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think at the extreme levels, and then most of the time when we have something really bad happen, that's part of it. And like you said, when we watch the Buffalo thing. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. I feel like that was treated almost identical to a video game. Mm-hmm. And, but we're talking about the most extreme True. examples. Do I want to blame a video game for that? No, because let's, let's say he never played a video game in his life. I do. I think I still would have got the same type of guy. Yeah. There was, yeah. there's a lot of other factors that went behind that. Do you think that, like I, I'm a believer in in more parental punishments. Um, there was there was the kid that I can't remember. What, it happened about six eight months, maybe even a year ago, where the parents gave the kid. It was one of the last school shooters before these. Gave the kid the gun as his present at the age of sixteen, even though he was a recluse. I was a big supporter that the the parents should have been punished on that one. And I know that that's a dicey subject. Um, and and likewise with video yeah. games, it's kind of like. In a case like this, let's put some responsibility on the parents. Granted, this kid was, what was he, 19, Ubaldi, so it really doesn't count anymore. But I do think right. if there's a shooter under the age of 18, 
you can't blame, you can't, uh, you can blame the parents. You can't punish the parents legally unless there was a definite sign of it, they were gross cr- negligence, gross negligence, yeah. like giving the kid the gun the way that they did that other family did it. And in some cases, like, you know what, let's make these, like make these video games NC 17 or 18. And if the parent, the parent's responsible, then that you would, yeah. they would think twice about buying their kids. Some of these, you know, first yeah. person shooter games. I will say in police work, I have seen parents that were completely blindsided mm-hmm. and, and, and we've shown them their social media, like this is your child. And you, you see the genuine reaction. Like, I don't recognize this fucking kid. Like I I had a mother say that I don't recognize this fucking child. And like, what do you do? And I, and I I agree that that's one of those things. And you don't know, you have to take each case on a case by case basis. Um, yes. If you got a gun and you start putting factors together, you knew he was a recluse. You knew he had social issues. You knew he had this, you knew he had that. Um, and then you get other factors like what I'm talking about. I, I, you know, I show this mother, her child, holding a gun on social media trying to make his own fucking rap video yeah and he grows up he's growing up in suburbia and (laughs) you know what i mean and then the next thing you know he's getting busted at school with a bunch of dope in his locker and she can't figure out why well when you look at all the family photos and everything like this kid's got the perfect family yeah and then and as far as his good academic record he's not there's no signs or symptoms so is there a cookie cutter way? No. No, and it's a, I, it's and a I very case I think, by case basis. I think it's got to be super fucking direct. Like, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of parents, and I don't think it's negligence. To, I mean, kids are good at hiding things. We all were yeah. pretty decent. Fuck, at hiding I look things. great. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> you don't know, but when it's blatant, and, and if there's rules, so blatant is like give your kid the gun when the, you probably shouldn't, and they're 15, 16 years old, a hand, yeah. whatever it is. Like that's blatant. But then if there's a rule put in place, like enforcing that NC-17 for video games and, and being like, as a parent, you are signing some of your rights away. And if your child breaks the law, yeah, then you are, you know, you're not guilty of murder, but there is maybe a punishment yeah. to the parents. I think that would change a lot. It would either A, make the parent not buy the video game, which I think sucks because I think we should have freedom of a society, but it would make the parent go, I got to work yeah. in overdrive and go back to being a parent again. Well, the other way to kind of look at that, let me play devil's advocate, is some of the things that we've seen is this is an outlet for kids that have issues. Mm, that's a good and point. you're like, all right, if I don't give them this outlet, what the fuck's going to happen next? That's tough. It that's, is. That's a good point. Like, that's, that's one of the things I like, think I of. Couldn't, I couldn't shoot up my buddy on SOCOM 37. I might as well just go to the... I, I, I yeah. get it. I get it. That's another... So, like, while you're trying to get this dude help and you're trying to fix some issues, maybe, and then you're like you don't get to play these violent video games. And he's like, you won't let me go shoot squirrels. You won't let me play this game. Like, fuck it. <laughs> That's a valid point. I, you know, we, I've had this conversation a lot. I haven't had that. I haven't had that argument yet. That's yeah. good. That's I got a tough that one. from Dexter. So you're welcome. <gasps> well, he's a serial killer. <laughs> yes. so. It's an interesting point. Yeah. Interesting. It's a weird perspective. But yeah. I mean, that's, it makes sense. So too, the sometimes you know, so some people yeah. could become more hypersensitive and go the other way and say, this makes me want to do it. And I, I'm stone cold about it. And then the other person is, this is the only way I don't do it. Yeah. 
damned if you do, damned if you don't. I know, right? Mm. That's a tough one. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah, I'm not that bad. No, it's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right? That's it's good. Deep. Yeah, you are a thinker. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I've been. That's my third glass of whiskey. Yeah, bro. I'm literally just like. How I know I'm you're not, nursing over you know, there. I'm, oh, I'm thinking about how I'm not going to pee my pants. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was going to say we can pause. You can go pee whatever you want. But um, yeah. So, all right, sir. We've addressed video games. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to get into is. What is the goals now of your podcast? What what do you see in the future? What do you what are the problems you see so far with your pod? Like as far as um, addressing the significant topics that you want to address and all that stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I my passion is is very between police and between um, medical misinformation a lot so those are okay. my two big topics i kind of like to grow at that direction um and just so you know i'm like quadruple vaccinated because i'm military and i have to no so. yeah and i can smell it on you yeah yeah smell the <laughs> it's smell it's, the fauci on me it smells like myocarditis <laughs> in here it's super weird um and i think i just think it's such a bullshit disjustice that's been done to force people to do stuff so the the goal with the podcast really is to um be able to, and it's funny. I mean, it's you know, blunt force discussion. Also, is BFD big, yeah, fucking, yeah. big fucking deal. Yeah, I love. I want. I'm waiting for the hat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would. I would hooked you up with one. I even think about I'll, when you come on the show. Oh, I'll give you do one. you have like a OCP camouflage? No, B- BFD. Yeah, I've got that. I've got the camo one. Oh, do you? Jared, Jared got the camo one. Oh no yeah, shit! I just made that. Like I was thinking, oh, like no. because it's like very military term. We say it a lot. BFD. Yeah. So when when I was thinking, like this is the we call this the. Um, God, I'm blanking because I'm a little drunk. Uh, this is the old school camouflage. Yeah. Now the new one's called OCP. Like okay. that's the new camouflage, and so that's it's more. Did di- the OCP is more digital? No, no, no. So it, we we went from digital to OCP. OCP is kind of a we we reverted back to okay to. So it's more like that. Mine's it, more like it, that. It's a little yeah. yeah. I, I'll show you when we get done. Okay. I, I have uh, actually. Oh, right here. Let me take my headphones off. Let me see. Let's see. Who makes it? That's literally one of my military hats. That's the pattern. I like this brand. Yeah, that's Nine Line. Nine Line is my absolute favorite hat brand. Got to be careful about talking about Nine Line right now. Nine Line? What do you mean? Well, what happened with the shooting? What What happened? Well, the people that worked for them, not about it. Nine Line's a great brand. You didn't hear about the, the woman that. No. Oh, God. I didn't tell you. I'm not a big news guy. It wasn't big news. It was kind of like conservative influencer i guess level there was they talked about it so one of the women that worked with nine line the guy was also working at nine line they were dating for a bit or something she didn't want any part of him anymore uh-huh and she disappeared and he ended up killing her in a parking lot oh no this happened shit. like a month, like two months oh, ago no. yeah so I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a nine-line Benghazi it's a, shirt. Well, it's a great. I mean, and yeah. by the way, so I Benghazi is an interesting thing, and I, we'll go back. What we'll, do we'll I have to remind me? What were we going back to? Um, where you see the podcast, podcast the future, right. and the, the 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 strifes and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah. So Benghazi, though the 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 whole so, uh, Chris Peranto is from Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. So I got to meet him one time, and I knew somebody that was his assistant for a <sighs> period of time, and Peranto. He was such a good dude, yeah. man. And we we talked for maybe 15 minutes. And because I was, you know, working the College Road Series. And, you know, we were talking about how we knew mutual friend. And it might have been even less than 15. And his dad was, like, signing a book. All these different things. And um, people are always like, no matter what, I couldn't have voted for Hillary. Mm-hmm. Because I oh, got... Benghazi? Yeah, I got just enough details on that event on how criminal what she did was. 
You can think whatever you want about Trump's background, whatever. And you know what? There's some. There's plenty of reasons why people can say I could never vote for Trump. Yeah. But you can't judge my vote in 2016 because I actually have a personal knowledge of some of the bullshit she did mm -hmm. that makes me go, I would either vote for no one or I cannot vote for her, period. Right. So Benghazi is an interesting yeah. And Franjo's um, a badass. He's also tiny. I've got um, Wimey from Act of Valor. Yeah, he's he's in my next podcast. Nice. Um, so I think uh, not tomorrow, but the next day. Okay. So he's uh, he's got his own brand of knives, Wimey Cutlery, and uh, but somebody through another podcast I had done um, knows him. We're friends, yeah. got me hooked up. It's awesome. And uh, we, you know, he felt me out. He called me, and I was like, "Hey, this is what I do." And he's like, "Oh, okay, okay, you're good, you're good." Yeah, yeah. everybody, you know, there's people like that. They, yeah, they, they got to do their background. And, and uh, I wouldn't say Pronto's small. It's just you expect you expect these guys to be like larger than life. But a lot of special ops guys are not no. that big. So yeah, he's like 100, 5, 10, 140, 180 pounds in yeah. between there. They're not gigantic. You can't be. No. Yeah, you got to fit in small places. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's. Honey, just remember that. Yeah. Some of the best got to fit in small places. Um, it's not about the size. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the uh, the podcast, so the idea would be so that, because I, I just love this. Actually, this is going to sound funny. My goal is to to do this, what you and I are doing yeah. right now with people that I don't, where I can just set up a show and do it and not give a baker's F yeah. about how big their following is. But right. the BFD brand is the idea of using big, I would like to be a big F and deal maker, if that makes sense. Like yeah. to be able to be like to be able to share my audience with people that have a great story. In the meantime, I'm going to try to piggyback with people with decent size yeah. followings that are BFDs to help grow the following. But the idea is to have great conversation, to have open minded conversation, build it as a brand with the uh, Great American Syndicate crew, where we have the overriding. Um, thing like the way we look at it great american syndicate uh barb is a gold star wife um really yeah that's big he's been she's been on uh bradley she's gonna actually be on chad pray there in a couple weeks but she's about to get remarried this has happened 2005 ish i believe really fascinating story because he didn't die at the hands of the enemy he died at the hands of the u.s military mm -hmm. he was killed by another soldier she's had many books and things written about what happened to her but it was pretty crooked essentially the dude was making money off oh. of some of the sale of shit to the enemy or to whatever the locals were at the time. And her husband kind of came in like, sh like shift change, you know, yeah, he caught it, in, caught it like shift change, meaning like a new set of people yeah. came in and it caught what was going on. And then he got, they blew, blew him and multiple people up. And I think two people died. I can't remember the exact number, but her story is very fascinating and she loves this country and her, her fiance is a great dude. And we're looking at, like what encompasses it all? Great American Syndicate, this yeah. brand, and then we've got clothing on one side, and then we've got all of our podcasts. Hers is called Flex Your Freedom. I've got Blunt Force Discussion. Truth will set you free, and we'll just combine it all so that we do have kind of a blaze type setup. No you know what shit. I mean? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Where do you where do you blast your stuff? YouTube. Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Yeah. So it's YouTube and Buzzsprout. So Buzzsprout goes to like Spotify and all that stuff. Spotify, Apple. Yeah. Okay. It, like basically. All the major ones. Yeah. Amazon, all that. And then stuff I'd never heard of. Okay. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk, I mean, because honestly, it's like more content. You keep you keep putting it on your channels. I might as well also throw it up on ours. So I got. Oh. I, I put it oh. up on. Yeah. Why not? Like oh, the more shit. the more good patriotic content. And yeah. not that it's just patriotic, but information based. Yeah. And, um, you can't. I mean, and this ain't to float my own boat. You really can't go wrong. I'm not. I'm not 
I'm not polarizing by any means. No. And and all I'm trying to do is just fucking be cool. Be like help people. Yeah. Like just create a educational dialogue. That's really Absolutely. all I'm trying to do. Yeah, so. and that's I like some of the politics are a little further than we go, like than we want to go with Great American Syndicate, which is why it's nice to have the truth will say free side yeah. is the media. This is the most political my show's ever been. Really? And I've had Chad Prather on. Really? Yeah. yeah it's, when you said that earlier, like not a political show, I'm like, how did you have Chad? What did yeah. you guys talk Dude, about? Oh my God. I learned so much about Chad. He's also brilliant. Did you know Chad before he got into comedy and all that stuff? He was a medical guy. Medical sales rep. No. No. Helping literally. He started off knowing how to like like veterinary work, like helping horses and all that I shit. Knew the, I knew the horse side. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he traveled the world by taking that medical knowledge and, you know, the standards are a little different. Yeah, and yeah. he helped medical professionals in other countries. Oh, shit. Yeah, but with humans. You know, he's got like seven degrees, too. Yeah. He's brilliant. No, I told him when he was on the show, he's like, you sound stupid as hell, but you're a smart dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> truth. It's the truth. And I said, that's the, you know, that's the thing that sucks about having a Southern draw. And uh, it's true. So, yeah, but it's true. I so mean, I have a the, the don't get the shot shot seat at the time. I think it was just shot seat with the bond breaker. And I asked him the question. One of the things I had in my girlfriend was like, maybe you should know a little bit more details before you ask this. Because I'm a big Steven Crowder fan, too. I think Crowder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Crowder's yeah. funny. So I said, uh, who's funnier between you and Steven Crowder to Chad? And, and Chad was typical Prather answered it very yeah. smooth but apparently they don't really like get along fully. really yeah no shit yeah and, okay i, and I think that. crowder's got a little bit more uh, financial backing behind his show oh fucking for I mean, sure that show's got like 80 producers and all yeah. this stuff it's a great show yeah uh, chad's show is i mean it's just him yeah and he's he does it all on his own yeah and honestly part of and crowder is really talented. i think that's why he did my show he sees a lot of what i'm doing and yeah. what he's done yeah, so. absolutely, and and that was, and he was, he's always been very complimentary. Yeah. Mean he'll also off the cuff talk about, you know, this is why this person I don't think will work out. If he, yeah. I think if he gives a stamp of approval, I think he's a good gauge on good people and, and stuff yeah. like that. So absolutely, but yeah, yeah I, I, it's funny he didn't talk much about politics, but he's a brilliant dude. No, he, I mean, he would try, and I, I would deflect him, and he would call me out for deflecting. Okay, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, that's you know, this the point is, but with like what you and I talked about. Like I can see the police direction in most yeah. of the stuff, you know, yeah. we're talking about what happened on January 6th. And so I, I, there's I, police. I, yeah. And so I'm trying to like, see, okay. Yeah. And, um, through that though, like also if you are a more, let's say liberal or uh, right wing style mindset, like let's discuss that. Let me yeah. see where you're at. And then I can start to inflect some of the police side of things on that because as police, your politics don't matter. Right. All my judgment is is based on uh, the law and, uh, you know, my discretion. Do you, like my, my big thing that I talk about a lot now is the reason why I think politics are important in policing is because if we don't start changing the narrative of how police are looked at, and obviously we're short on police in Dallas, they're ridiculously short on police in Chicago. I know police officers there that are working 20 plus days in a yeah. row. Um, the only people who... Who the hell wants to be a police officer? Nobody. The people that there's two kinds. One that are not equipped. They're they're yeah. they're not they're not strong enough to be a police officer. Yeah. And two, the person that is, yeah, fuck the shit. I'm gonna get in yeah. there and I'm gonna be, and you don't want them as police officers. Right. So if people if people want to hold officers accountable, I get it. There's there's mistakes made all the time, and there's mistakes that are preventable and they need to be punished. But if you continue pushing this. 
not defund the police, take that word verbiage away, but just being hateful and being yeah. shitty. You are asking for more unarmed shootings. You're yeah. asking for more problems because you're you're building up the person that's getting arrested to think that they're going to get shot when yeah. most likely one out of a million, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Here's, here's the way I look at it. Think of athletes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We want athletes. We, as a nation, we are a sports oriented. We want the best athletes, yeah. right? And we support them. And yeah, there's some shitty athletes and we're like, yeah, you know, like Ron Artest or Meta World Peace, whatever the fuck you want to call them. You know, you, you get, you get your, your outliers just like police work. All right. But you're like, you know, fuck that guy, but we still support majorly how do we support we buy merch we go to shows we get all that shit right now think of that in police world Mm -hmm. you get one cop that does something fucked up now what do we do we brand them all as fucked up right now imagine if you flip the script and you said i want you to treat your cops like you treat your athletes yeah yeah we got that one bad cop we all went after his ass but we support these guys because they're out there you know putting the show on right and body cam support that yeah, you know that was a big push by the NAACP and all that stuff. Is like yeah. we want to hold cops accountable. Well, the narrative isn't showing what they thought it would. Cops right. are doing what they're supposed to do, ninety nine point nine percent of the time. So now they have to alter it in a weird so way. So you've got this support based on the body camera stuff and all that, but why isn't that narrative being pushed? Why isn't that good stuff being put out there? They find a way to critique the video footage and be like, you can't tell that the other guy was reaching for his gun. Well, who, how do you know that he wasn't like, this is still a human. So the, the, the comparison, so you say athletes compared to police, right? The thing is I've had, I've given that exact same argument to the opposite side and they'll say to me like, well, why is it that you're just branding all black people like criminals. Right. No, I'm not. I'm I, you're what you're actually standing up for when you say that is you are branding. You're essentially saying treat all criminals like all other criminals. It's it's such a and I don't know how to properly phrase it, but no, I'm not referring to a different race as all criminals. I'm not the same way that you say there's a bad police officer and there just so happens to be a bad black guy that's a criminal. I'm just grouping all the criminals together, whatever colors that color they criminal are. Behavior. Criminal behavior. Yeah. I'm sorry, a criminal has, and I know this is actually against the Constitution, has less, to me, once you've started to break the law, your rights go down exponentially. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But, yeah. I mean, you're putting yourself at risk is what I'm saying. Right. Like, unfortunately, things can happen. And yeah, a police officer is going to be punished for making a mistake, which I think sucks. How about, <laughs> let's... Let's again hold the police at a higher esteem to start than the person that starts to break the law, and then we let the justice system work itself out. But once the criminal starts to act in a in a aggressive manner, mm-hmm. they've lost their rights. Yeah, personal opinion, and I yeah. know that I know as a cop, you probably can't even fully say that. But as a, as a civilian from the outside looking in, from mm-hmm. a macro perspective, until we start recognizing criminals as criminals and going back to that it's going to keep making things worse. Yeah. And and I'm all for keeping cops in check. I'm I'm a big Same. Like, like that's part of why I do what I do. I want I want people to understand that I'm trying to keep cops in check all the time. But when we're talking about it's hard to hire cops. You want the cream of the crop. Your standards for what you want as from a police officer are unrealistic. Right. Because the way that you're treating police, you're not going to get that cream of the crop. You're not. 
So what you are going to get is you're going to get lower the standards. Mm -hmm. You're going to lower the standards of hiring because right now what's hard, it's hard to get anybody to want to do the job. Right. So what naturally happens? Oh shit. We need bodies like fuck getting the cream of the crop. Now we got to lower our standards to breathing. Yeah. So now you lowered your standards because nobody wants to be a cop because of how you treated them Mm -hmm. and you didn't have that understanding and, and, human factor in a job that you have no fucking clue about. Right. Um, and, and one of the fixes that I have for that is go do a write out. Like I will never talk shit about a McDonald's employee. Why? I've never done the job. Yeah. Do I think it takes a college degree to do the job? Not necessarily, but I don't think it takes a college degree to be a cop. Yeah. I think some of the best cops they know all they have is a high school diploma. Some of the worst cops I know are college educated. I'm college educated. Yeah. Do I think my degree made me a better cop? No. No. What did it do? It gave me perspective and it gave me opportunity. And a little, and a little bit of have. time and a little bit of age, a little yeah. bit, of, you know, before you got in there. I, it's like, and again, we play the armchair armchair quarterback in this country off of social media blips of footage, little cell phone footage, like uh, Brooks out of Atlanta, the one, you know, you look at when the cop, when he was grabbing the taser, he ran. The cop was in Brooks, right? I don't remember that one. The at the Wendy's saying that burning. Oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I definitely remember that one. The first thing anybody saw was a thirty-second interchange where he stole the taser and they shot and killed him, not realizing that there was forty-five minutes of good policing that trying led, to solve it, trying yeah. to solve that problem. And when we look at things, we take this this perspective and these short footage. It's 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 so like, hard, and it's so hard to tell another human being like take yeah. a step back now me calling out police officer there was a situation in arizona about six months ago i don't know if you saw the guy in the uh, motorized wheelchair yes that was fucking that didn't look good that does not look good no there's and 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 i i've watched it enough to be like all right what kind of and people are like you're a bootlicker because i'm trying to think of what could the cop have done what could have led to that point yeah nothing i I mean i I looked at it from every angle i'm like this i've learned my lesson as far as um I will tell people like you look bad. Like I'll just say that yeah. you look bad, um, and that's about as deep as I'll go. Because if I wasn't there, I can't can't give an honest assessment or a realistic assessment. Because there are things that the human eye sees that the camera doesn't. Right, and I've learned that. Um, so, however, in that particular situation that you're talking about, I find it really hard. Guy was going like a mile and a half. I find it really hard. There was that. That's one of the rare occasions where I'll look at the footage and I'm like, I can't, I can't yeah. qualify it. Yeah. And then there was a Dallas event, a situation when I just moved out here. Um, maybe a couple of years after, I was at one of the nightclubs downtown. I saw two cops. Sorry, one two, donut. Two. <laughs> sorry, I had to. Yeah. No, there was two girls there though, but no cup of shit. Uh, oh, wow. um, that is how you came up with the name, right? Nope. Okay. We'll get, I want to get back to that. In okay. A second. I'll tell you. So last, did this quick. So these two, <laughs> these, I'll write it down. these two guys came out. Two well dressed black guys. I know that sounds like a, what do they they call it microaggression? But well dressed, they weren't like sagging. Yeah, it was yeah. very microaggressiony. Yeah. But they're walking out. They're normal dudes, and the cop said something to one of the guys. Like it was, it was off and I was in line and the cop and the guy turned around and, and they, he did say something. He clapped back a little bit. I think it was, Maybe Just the, but that's the nature of the game. You initiate it. And then the cop came up and grabbed him by his shoulder, flipped him over like, and I'm standing right there. And so this is a POP thing. 
Yeah. You know what that means? No. Pissed off police. Yes, pissed off police. And he was just yeah. being a dick. And I uh, I gave my contact information to the kids. And the guy got arrested. Because, I mean, at that point, he fought back once he was getting flipped for nothing. Yeah. Like, not hard fought back. Just didn't didn't comply with the hand behind the mm. back. And um, I, I made a statement on behalf of the two black dudes against that police officer. Because that was egregious. And I was there from point A to yeah, point said, Z. I yeah. saw the whole thing. So, I mean, you, sometimes you got to call them out. What the hell yeah. is two cops, one donut? Now? Okay, so um, I, I, Joe Rogan is why I started watching podcasts. Um, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, uh, grown up in jiu-jitsu, love it. Um, when I was stationed in Montana, I started doing jiu-jitsu at a tent planet called a hot box. Okay. Uh, I did not smoke weed, but that's what they called Places that weren't fully affiliated. I thought that's what they called girls that were easy in college. Uh, maybe. Hotbox? No? Maybe, okay. but uh, <laughs> I was not in an affiliated place yet. They were okay. working on affiliation. Okay. So they called them hot boxes because it's Eddie Bravo, 10th Planet. It's all about weed and rolling and yeah, yeah. music. So um, it's the only jiu-jitsu place I had available. So that's how I learned jiu-jitsu. Well, Joe Rogan started under him and Eddie Bravo are BFFs, and they both rolled together at a Machado school. If you're into jujitsu yeah, at all, and I've heard of it. And um, Machado school, yeah. And so they they rolled under the Machado, and then Eddie started his own school once he became a black belt, and kind of changed the game. Yeah, you know, started the Nogi revolution basically, yeah. and uh, that's how I knew about Joe Rogan. Okay. And so I followed Joe. It had nothing to do with news radio, had nothing to do with fear factor, any of that. I just like Joe because the motherfucker was a roller and he yeah. was good. Um, and then uh, then the podcast thing came out. And so I was like, all right, Joe's doing podcasts. I'll listen to that. And he's talking to who? Mostly rollers. Yeah. And I don't mean joints. And yeah. Rollers is in jujitsu. And so I was like, this is awesome. Like he's talking to people that do the, the game, right. you know, do jujitsu. So uh, followed him in that. And then it grew. Joe's podcast got started getting real big. Well, he had comedians and all these different people on. Yeah. And two comedians he had on quite regularly, Tom Segura and yep. Burt Kreischer. Mm-hmm. Well, Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura started a podcast, Two Bears, One Cave. And that's where the name came from because that's one of my other favorite podcasts. So they branched off of Joe. They went more the comedian route, which is fine. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, they do about an hour, hour and a half. They don't get crazy, but fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I love it. You know, when I'm driving to work back and forth, like I get stupid thrills just listening to the, yeah. their dumb asses. And uh, I was like, you know what? When I finally came up with the idea for the podcast, it's like two bears, one cave. All right. Two cops, one donut. And I'm going to do it after the Simpsons model. You know, I love the yeah. Simpsons cops pretty uh, stuff growing up. So I was like, that'll be good. Well, I get it going. And it wasn't even a week into it. You know, when other cops started finding out that I worked with, they're like, well, it's funny, dude, like two girls, one cup. And I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't the intention, but yeah, that's funny too. Like I, I just, it had been so long, dude. I hadn't heard of two girls. Yeah. I remember when two girls, one couple came out, you know, I was prime active duty military. That shit. Oh, was, it, wildfire. Yeah. yeah. And so we saw that a ton of times and I was like, I sat back and I was like, I ain't changing it. I don't care. It's I, funny. Either you, way, it draws attention. You want to get your, um, your viewership hours up to the 4,000. <laughs> I, I just, I have a suggestion if you want to have a funny video. Okay. Two and cops actually, eating chewed up donuts out of each other's I would, mouths. I would have like two, oh. co- no, I would have two cops <laughs> and like, 
Like make it a whole funny thing. Don't 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 cheap it. Don't like cheapen the humor behind it. But like have one of the dudes that you work with like crap a chocolate eclair like <laughs> as kind of a joke, and then you guys eat the chocolate eclair as two cops. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that would probably go viral. That would probably be pretty good. Yeah, dude. Hey. Hey, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, right. I, I would share it. Let's do this. <laughs> I will get my buddy that I know would be down. My, my, be my, my good buddy. I know he'd be down. So I will get him. You, I'll give you my cameras or whatever. You facilitate. I'll, I'll shoot it. You shoot it. Yeah. And I'll make it happen. I, I, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, it's be pretty funny. Cause like, it's also kind of, it's almost talking shit about cops in a way. Like a bunch of people are like, oh, the, It'll, it'll draw the haters yeah. as well, which haters are views. Let's be very clear. And it'll be like, oh, look at these two dumb cops. And then the other yeah. ones, like cops that get will be like, this shit's yeah. fucking funny. I think I, I can, I'm already seeing a vision in my head. Like it's him and I hanging out, but we're in, you know, generic cop outfits. And I'm like, you know, bro, our wives are gone. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, looking pretty good. <laughs> You guys I mean, make think, it a whole scene. Yeah. Do it right. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, you thinking what I'm thinking? He's like, oh yeah. And then you zoom in and it's him like sweating. I'm like, yeah, yeah, get it, boy. And then no nasty, but no. the next thing you see is an eclair just drop into a box. Like almost and, do like the uh the the, the <laughs> stop motion animation where it's like <laughs> yes. and then it's just in the cup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. That's happening. I think, I think it's brilliant. I think it's great. Yeah. And then we'll do a whole little thing right afterwards, bridging the gap between the community and the police. You're going to have like 3.7 million views and everybody's going to, and I'm going to be like, that was, I, I thought it. Uh, yeah, it's your, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. And then I'm going to put your BFD right yeah, there. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Now you know shame in my God, game. that's funny. That is funny. Mm -hmm. I'm down. So like, it's cheap humor. It is. And it is. like, you ask kind of like, what's the point of all I of already, it? I already did one. I did a, I interviewed Santa. Okay. Like interrogated. Okay. Like I would a oh, real person. Yeah. Like I, I had a buddy come on and I'm like, all right, dude, like here's the deal. And I broke it down. Like if you've ever watched an inter interrogation, like yeah. I'm, I'm a detective, like in the real world. Like, did it legit. Like I did it just like I would with a, with a person and I, and, and other police officers for sure. Or any true crime fans that watch a lot of, you know, 48 hours or whatever. Yeah. They're going to know. They're like, oh, my God. He, like, really tried to fucking break down Santa Claus. Right. And I did that. And I, I started breaking. I'm like, ah, dude, like, what's the deal? You got, you've got all these, uh, these people that work for you and you're not paying them. I'm like. Like we abolished slavery, you know, like we're violating and we got international rules going on. I'm like, are you, you know, are you there, we've got the, the livestock rule. You've got all these, these reindeer. Are you licensed to mate reindeer? And I was just, I just kept going down. And so it was like, it was only a 12 minute video, but, but it was based on that type of humor, you know, trying to do that. But he reversed it on me being Santa Claus. Yeah. It's like, is it true that, you know. He's You're like, on the you, naughty you, list. you asked for this, but you peed in your sister's shampoo. Like, I was like, uh, and he's like, and then you were out with your boys, you know, when you were like 15 years old and they, they had this weird looking cigarette and they were passing it around and I'm like, all right, interview's over. Interview's over. <laughs> You're yeah, free to go. Yeah, You're free yeah, to go, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jolly old fact. I get yeah, out of yeah. here. We'll be get in touch. Oh, here's the other one. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, that was the other thing you could do is just like throughout the episode, I feel like I'd like to pick it a donut. Oh yeah, it's like two guests, one donut. Yeah, 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 you're not wrong. A lot of people will be like, "Hey, did you got? Do you have donuts?" And I'm like, ah, "I should, but should. yeah, I don't." 
These were actually from a person that was sent me a dear officer. We need you thing. Um, and, uh, that's their thing. They send these out to officers, um, small world. So anybody that sees this particular duck that has this F on it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm working a part-time gig and I see a lady wearing a shirt that says Flint strong. Oh, here in Texas. And I'm like, me being the extrovert I am, I'm like, hey girl. And she's looking. I was like, are you from Flint? And she's like, yeah. I was like, Flintstone thug right here. Like, she's like, what? And she comes over and I was like, can I get a picture with you? And she's like, yeah, can I get a picture? You know, so we do that. And she's wearing, this is a a, a Flint jewelry piece. And she's like, I gave her a patch from where I work. And I was like, here's a patch. I was like, you can't get these online. You can't get them anywhere else. You can only get them from us. And she's like, I got something for you. And she literally takes off a piece of her jewelry. Gives you the F. That's from, yeah, it gives me the F. And uh, so I keep that on there. Like pretty big deal to me. But, yeah, yeah you know, it's the, it's those little small connections. I can't I can't fix the world, but I can fix it one person at a time. And that's kind of the way I look at it. So when I have something like that, dude, I fucking love it. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. And making connections like this, yeah. like I get to talk to people every day yeah. in my job. And that I, I found that that is my addiction. I just like, let me give you a fun, a fun cop thing. Okay. okay. You're going to like this. You get these frequent flyers yeah. and you're like, you know, cops, you, know, you get this call and you're like, fuck, that's Harvey again. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And for me, I love it. Because it's my opportunity to go talk to Harvey and just ask him random ass random questions, shit. random yeah. shit, and I get entertained by it. Like that's the fun of the job. It's I'm not I'm not making fun of him. Right. I'm living in the moment and just trying to figure out how this guy's world works. Yeah. But all their officers are like, I need to clear this fucking call and get the hell out of here. I yeah. don't want to be here. And they hate when I'm on that call with them that they just want to get out of there. And I'm like, so Harvey, like. What happened, man? Why are we here today? Like, what? We, and, and they just want to know, like, Harvey, are you willing to leave? Yeah, I'm willing to leave. All right, Harvey, go. And as soon as he walks out, they're like, all right, call's cleared. They're gone. Not me. I'm like, you get hold it, on, it. Harvey, before you go, man, I got some questions. Like, you don't have to stay, but do you mind if I ask you some questions? And Harvey's like, this dude wants to talk to me. And I'm like, yeah, I do want to talk to you. And I, I will engage the crazy in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, in all reality, I mean, I remember as my dad was getting older before he passed away, like, he wasn't crazy at all, um, but he was a disabled guy that lived by himself. And sometimes, as a you know, in, in retrospect, and if anybody's out there, he wanted human contact. He wanted to talk. Yeah, and it drove me nuts. Yeah. And in retrospect, I'm like, man, I, I when yeah. somebody passes away, you're like, I want one more of those stupid, com- yeah. asinine conversations. And when somebody is alone so much, mm-hmm. you, even if Harvey is talking about the fact that the Earth is flat and yeah. there's like weird planes spinning around you've altered their life for that day and it's a positive thing. Yes. Because you finally had somebody to talk to. Yeah. And then you never know. Down the line, I could be getting my ass handed to me by some dude and Harvey's walking by and he's like, oh shit, that's Levine. He talks to me. Yeah. Not on my watch. And then he comes over and helps you. Yeah. I've had that instance. Yeah. Where some guy comes and helps me because I was the one that gave him a fair shake. Yeah. Or... I'm the one that decided to have that conversation, but it, that's not why I have the conversation. I have the conversation because it's also entertaining. It's fucking fun. Yeah, yeah, it it's a great, it's, it's a front a, row ticket to the greatest show on absolutely. earth. Absolutely. What else are you going to do? Like going back yeah. to your phone and text and I get it. Like, you know, there's certain yeah. stuff and, and you know, if a, if a, something happens and shit goes down, you got to go yeah, take care of it. You got to take care of it. Yeah. But in the meantime, like 
if that's all I got going on, that's my life for right then. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why not it? sit there and have a conversation with him? And that's kind of how I feel about the podcast, like podcasts. And like, like you said, like we have the ability to have these connections with people. And some of the people that I had on my show, like they started building a, uh, their following, mm-hmm. like the Instagram lives and different stuff. When it's just a bunch of people kind of bullshitting, getting mad about stuff. I don't get it when you're talking to 13 people. Yeah. I do get if you're putting and like you said, we struggle to get viewership. But if it's a thousand people watching or 15 people watching. If you're putting out a product that actually has impact and not mm-hmm. just standing around your living room, I think there's a greater purpose. And if God, and this is my religious side, if God wants something to go bigger, he'll in its time it will, or you may not even see what's happening, like you said with Harvey. Like you might, there might be one person that you have no idea. And that's what kind of kept driving me is when, when Cash went to jail um, and when Cash got put away, we had to put together letters uh, for, and that was the other weird thing Character about letters. Character letters, which his, again, I think his lawyer was garbage. His lawyer was like, the judge doesn't want to see these. We had over a hundred pages of character uh, they, because of how during the pandemic cash and I, I was included in a lot of them, which made me cry a bunch. Cause I'm reading through these talking about the impact we had. And it's like, I, I, I don't know how to sell it to my girlfriend for her to explain exactly how this makes me feel. But when cash got all these letters, and and they're talking to us. There were so many people that you don't think about that felt alone because of their belief system or whatever it might be. Or maybe they had a kid that was a cop or a father that was a cop that had respect towards police officers. Or they just had conservative beliefs and they felt alone. And then you put them in a room by themselves during the pandemic and all these different things. And they're starting to get depressed. And we had multiple people actually be like, I don't think I would have made it through the year. I was already planning on committing suicide. I don't think I would have made it for X, Y, Z. And there is a greater purpose behind it. So hopefully we grow and we're able to affect yeah. tens of thousands of people. Like get to the Prather levels and get to the, yeah. whatever, the Rogan levels or whatever it might be. That is the goal. But on my fight to get there with blunt force discussion or whatever, the continue, and again, building my personal brand just like you and if, if we're able to, if I'm able to speak on news and people are listening to me on the radio and I have a voice that I believe as though I have a responsibility to use because <clears throat> I do think I'm a decent speaker and I'm able to articulate my, my beliefs. And I do believe I have a middle ground philosophy on a lot of things, even though I sound as though I'm a little bit further right. I think there is a voice for unity in it and being able to meet cash and then seeing all these letters of people that truly said, you changed my life. You kept me alive through yeah. 2020. It creates a sense of responsibility and not ego. Cause there's a very, it's a very fine line between responsibility and ego. And that's where I think some of the people that now have become micro influencers will get on their platform and just like people, people care about what I say. And I'm just going to say this and that, and that. What you, we have a responsibility, whether we're talking to 15 or whether we're talking to a thousand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, it the biggest humbling factor for me is cops are cynical. Mm-hmm. Like we're cynical assholes. That's just how we are because yeah. of the world we see. Me, I'm kind of an outlier. I'm an optimistic person through and through. It annoys some cops. Yeah. Um, and I get it. I, I understand. It's just me. It's just how I am. I'm an eternal optimist. And uh, I just, I guess that's how I am. But um, the thing that has drove me on is, yes, I have gotten responses back like hey man like that episode you know you had bruce anderson on and when he broke down like had a guy that um had been involved in the shooting uh thought he was past it um we're talking he's a sergeant when he got in the shooting he was an officer so that's a long that's a band yeah that's a big gap and um he 
as he's telling the story, he's reliving it, and you can see it, and he fucking breaks down. You can see the entire process happen, and it's it's eye-opening. Like, it's something I had never been a part of in a way. Like, I've yeah. seen guys, military and police, I've seen some PTSD stuff, but I watched the whole thing unfold on this on the podcast. And, yeah. And, you know, I'd asked him several times, hey, dude, like, if you don't want me to air this, like, we don't have to air right. this. Like, let me know. He's like, what do you think? And I'm like, I think you're going to help people. And that's kind of the point I'm getting to is the biggest motivating factor for me isn't, you know, I not that I don't appreciate it. I really appreciate the following that I got. It's when I get cops that I work with or cops that are, are, are close around my bubble that are like, dude, you need to keep doing this. Like, this is awesome. And I never expected that. And that's the type of... Um, feedback i've gotten so far now what they say when i'm not around who knows who knows but when they talk to me or they reach out to me without me ever talking to them and saying like dude like that was a good job i really appreciate they don't it. have to do that. they don't have to do that and getting it from a peer is fucking just so beyond anything else i, I can't yeah. explain like i said knowing how cynical cops are in and getting that feedback from what i'm doing i've done so far yeah like, i can't believe it they could have easily been like bro like podcast really like you're you need to learn who do you think you are well not necessarily that but they would if you suck at something they're gonna let you know oh, yeah like you know you go through a scenario at work and or training or whatever and they'd be like bro you haven't fought a day in your life like right. they will let you know oh, they of course. are brutal and i have zero training when it comes to talking in in public or or this i just i'm relying on how i am with people i'm a people person yeah i, I consider myself you're good at it. yeah you're and good at so it doing this and then getting that feedback from them. Like I said, it's a big driving factor. Do you find it mind boggling that like I, I, when I started to kind of try to work on how this whole thing would work, I started looking at podcasts that had like 10, 10,000 downloads a week or more. Holy shit. And I, they suck. Some of them really suck. Like no offense to them, but like, it's like watching paint dry, but they had like a weird following of people that follow these horrific yeah. shows. I always wonder how, like how legitimate that following is when you listen to something you're like, okay, I, I'm not trying to be too harsh, but how do they have that type of following? This is garbage. It's so bad. They, they may be paying for it. I mean, I've learned well, that. I think some of it's just over years. How many times have people reached out to you from freaking China or whatever? Like, hey, I will get you 10,000 10, followers. And I'm like. But like, pot, I, I'm talking actual podcast downloads. Like, so these are people that are downloading, not like, not like on YouTube, not whatever. Like no. the podcast world. And I think that some people, and maybe it is because now that they're on YouTube or whatever, we can see them visually. And it's like, this is just weird but maybe just voices some people resonate with like i think that's why the true crime stuff did so well they yeah. pick people with the right voices that knew <laughs> and like engage like and then when we come yeah. back it's like i think yeah. there was a like an accidental science behind it but always mind-boggling but this i mean you do you do a really good job just having it's a fine art to have a conversation yeah so, conversation is a lost art yeah it is mm -hmm. and i think that's why people find it interesting it's three hours so people are are like Sometimes they don't, and that's why the algorithm, yeah. like we talked about, mm -hmm. is, is questionable. But absolutely, it's a good product. So and I get it. And but that is the thing is, I want to have a fucking fully articulate, yeah. full conversation. Yeah, I don't like sound bites, and this Joe Rogan beat that into my head. I couldn't figure out why I liked Rogan so much, and then he started pointing it out, like you're having unfettered conversations. Yeah, and that's fun to me. Like right. I don't like listening to radio interrupted by commercials and like my sponsorship stuff that i have i only have two sponsors but they play at the beginning that's yeah. it and then it's done then it's done they're not interrupting my that's show i don't like interrupted conversation that's yeah. fucked up and so um that's not a bad idea for me to do 
Yeah, I don't. Just get it out of the way. Be done with it. Yeah, right at the beginning. I like that. I, I got to call them pre-rolls. See, uh, in my head, I, I like, I'm like, I don't want to lose people in the first three minutes. But as long as I'm specific and say, here it is. Yeah. Uh, most of the people I know that watch or listen, whatever it is, they're like, I know who your sponsors are. They just fast forward it. They know, they know, right. They know about where the show is going to start. And so that's, if that's what you want to do, that's, I, I'm giving you the option. I think that's the power of podcasting is people have that option so, Yeah, because nothing pisses me off more than watching a YouTube video and a fucking advertisement starts. I get so that's mad. It. Have you ever seen the clip on, um, Family Guy, where he makes where where Peter makes jokes about podcasts. No, Lo, oh, you gotta find it. Somebody sent it to me because I did an episode on Roe versus Wade, and my buddy thought because we we're having like serious part, but I'm like we're at the 20 minute mark. I need to end. He goes, <laughs> so there's a clip. We'll look it up after, and it's um, Peter is hosting a radio show with the dog, whatever the dog's name yeah. is, and Ryan. Lois is, yeah, Ryan, and Lois is in jail, and she's calling on her, like, three-minute call, <laughs> and he's, like, calling in from the prison, from the jail, and, like, she'll say something, was like, speaking of needing new underwear, and, like, Man, all, I, he made, every, he's he made advertising. everything's an advertisement, it's <laughs> yeah. absolutely brilliant, it's hilarious, yeah. but yeah, I feel you, and it's, like, there's times where I'm in the middle of my 20 minutes, like, where I'm, like, it's just stupid, and yeah. it's not even, like, it's fully getting paid for, but it's, like, yeah. we're, I just have mm-hmm. to do it to at least make a routine. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe I just put it in the beginning. Maybe do it again at the end and then wrap it up. Yeah. I tell my I tell my sponsors, I'm like, hey, like this is what you're paying for. Um, just so you know, uh, I, I'm i very specific. Like I don't want my conversations interrupted. I've listened to podcasts where that happens and it frustrates me and turns me off. I don't – it makes me hate your, your advertisement even though it may not even be your fault. Right. It's like so and, – and the two sponsors that I've had have been like, we trust you. And so I'm very, very picky on my, like I told you, I'm very picky on my sponsorships anyway. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's worked out and yeah. no, I've had no complaints about it, but that I've gotten more appreciation from fans that listen. They're like, it's so nice to just be able to be like, we already know who your sponsors are so far. Like if yeah. something changes, we're going to notice because when they fast forward, it's probably going to be on a sponsor and maybe they go back, maybe they don't, but See, it's like I, I, I get like I think the gold standard is, is and I, I really do think the Blaze is a fantastic network. But I think the gold standard is you look at the difference between Chad and Prather uh, Show and, and Crowder's two of the, my favorite shows to watch. And Crowder does it in the beginning, and then he makes jokes and alludes to some of the brands throughout the episode. Okay, but there's never really a commercial. Prather does a commercial, but it's a set forty eight minute show, and it almost runs like a TV show. So it okay. it works yeah. in that sense. Yeah. And I think I've modeled my system more of the Chad Prather way, but I think it could work. It could work in more of the like somebody makes a mention because one of my you know sponsors yeah. is health products or whatever it is. Yeah. I could just be like, you know, it'd be good for that. You know. Yeah, and so what I will do is, um, if you want another idea, is like I told my people like. Um, I will always have on the video portion, mm-hmm. your logo will be visible. Mm, like so um, it doesn't matter what point of the show it is. I don't need to mention you because they're going to see your watermark. Your watermark is there. Yeah. So I have your it's watermark available. If they want to look into it, that's great. But that is the option people want. They don't yeah. want to be force fed. Yeah. If they want to see what it's about, they're going to check into it. If they want to watch the beginning of the show and see my advertisements, that's great. Let them do it. Because everybody knows the deal with podcasts. We depend on the sponsorships. Yeah. If we're not a nonprofit, which I'm not yet, I've 
played with the idea i don't know how to do it yet so yeah. um, i pretty much just pull money from my wallet to do it but yeah, that's how i've done it, it. and it, yeah. it, it is lean yeah i, I just realized who we look like by the way who we look like i don't know if you've been ever if everybody said you ever look like this so i've gotten told that i look a little bit like um and i was a little bit younger at the time but uh, uh dawson's creek i look like uh, dawson Okay. Yeah, like the big, I see it. It's more yeah, like yeah. the big forehead. I've actually met him before we took pictures next to each other. Okay. Like, and we're like, all right, we see it. You look like Pacey. You look like Joshua Jackson. Dude, I've gotten that a lot. The so, guy from Skulls? Yeah, he was in Skulls yes. too, but he was from Dawson's yeah, Creek. I've gotten that I just a lot. started looking and I was like, you look like Joshua Jackson. Yeah. And then I'm Daw- <laughs> Dawson's Creek right here. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Fuck, let's do a branch off on your fucking yeah. podcast. We'll start our own shit. We'll talk about like yeah. n- late 90s, early 2000s uh, uh, pop TV shows. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. How old are you? I'll be 40 next week. Okay, I'm 39. I'll be 40 in February. So there yeah, we go. We're in the same fucking genre. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> That's amazing. Huge crush on Kelly Holmes. Oh, wait, who? Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. I was uh, At the married to Justin Timberlake. Uh, uh, Beal. Yes. Yeah. Jessica Beal. Yeah. yeah that Smoke was, show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That was my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I liked I liked Britney, and I liked Katie Holmes, and... Uh, I was an Aguilera fan. I was going to say, I like, I, she was up there, too. Yeah, yeah. With, I mean, it was, that was the... Yeah. Who's better, Britney or Christina? And now Aguilera looks like she ate Britney's psychotic medicine, and then Britney just went psychotic. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Can you imagine? Like, yeah. this was like we would have given anything to be with these people, and then now at the age of forty, I'm like, I'm looking, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really glad I'm not with Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. Although I wouldn't mind, you know, being a houseboy, whatever. Still, yeah, oh, she looks crazy. Like, there's know. just a whole but like I don't know. I don't pay attention to her yeah. enough, but uh, my wife loves her. No, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> so, I mean, her social media got so yeah. fun to watch. Like, unfortunately, fun to watch because yeah. it got so crazy. Yeah, my top five growing up was Beyonce, Jessica Biel, Jessica Alba. Oh, Alba! I was a big fan of Alba. Yeah, I love Jessica Alba. She was in my top five. Um, Jessica Simpson. It was a lot of Jessicas. Never. I see. I wasn't. I liked Ashley Simpson more than Jessica Simpson. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I, I, I dated a lot of girls with big noses. You screwed up there. Yeah. And then, um, uh. Christina Aguilar? No, 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 no. Um, she was uh, Monica. Monica, I loved Monica. She uh, she did the uh, the boy is mine with Brandy. If you remember oh Brandy. yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah yeah. So they gotcha. had that whole thing. I loved Monica. Monica. Yeah yeah. yeah. I remember her. Yeah. That, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see. What, I'm trying to picture her face right now. Yeah. All all musicians. Okay. Other than Jessica Biel. Um, she, so I I went on a date with a girl that looked just like Jessica Biel here. And then it was like, Anvil. she was like six two. She was a big girl. Uh-huh. And then it was like, it was like, oh, I'm Jessica Biel, Jessica Biel, not Jessica Biel, which was fine. I've got no problem. But, but it was, <laughs> that was a, there was, was interesting. But she, her face, yeah. literally, my dating game really isn't strong. I've been with the same girl since seventh grade. Holy nuggets! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm not allowed to talk about my dating past. My girlfriend will kill me. Oh yeah, I won't say mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She won't watch this podcast anyways too long. We're no, she she would already. Hours. She made it about an hour and she yeah. let's be like about seventeen minutes. She made it, but yeah, okay, yeah. Well, we're we're at a, you know we're at a good stopping point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I just want you to know I'm having a real hard time knowing how I'm going to label and title this fucking podcast <laughs> because most of my stuff is and we did talk about police stuff. Don't get me yeah. wrong; it's not that we didn't. 
But man, we hit all over the world. It was two bros having a conversation. It was. It was yeah. just a convo. I so, may have just labeled it that. Just, just two yeah. two dudes in a convo. I'm gonna say outside the box conversation, and that may be it. Two two dudes in a box. Two dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I may say hashtag awake not woke. There you go. There it is. I might just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, be a good one. Uh, how, by the way, since since I keep getting out text messages, how did you get Prather to be off his phone for three hours? Oh, it's easy when you just have a the, the looks and the physique that I have, and mm. I know exactly what it's attracted to. So I sat here without. Um, I I wore a shirt, but I cut the nipples out. That is yeah hot, and that I kept him in a seat. So anytime he started to talk, I just moved my arms back. Said and he was, was back engaged, and he was back in the game. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but I'm gonna have one more with Chad. I'm gonna do uh, Chad and CJ, him and his girlfriend. Okay, and then we're gonna have a lot of whiskey. I'm gonna have my girl. I did one episode with my girlfriend as well, and I'm gonna do a couples therapy episode with them. Okay, well, uh, just so you know, he's a tequila guy right now. Oh, I know, um, big time, big into tequila. Tequila. Yeah. Um, 1942 is my favorite. That's my unit. Uh, shout out to 802nd. Nice. Um, my unit. Uh, we we are a. 1942 group so um but yeah man i appreciate you being on i know this is fun this was a good one and uh yeah if you so inclined to have me come out and be oh, on yours we'll do that uh if not no hard feelings it's no right. i'm gonna have you on 100 percent. and i want you to meet maybe we'll, we'll schedule i'm have you meet barb because she's gonna be in town we're looking at a venue for next year's show okay um so yeah yeah we'll talk about it very cool yeah yeah all right brother appreciate you being on thank you very much